<laughs> I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. Like a doll's eyes. I love this town! Hello, city! Welcome back to part two of the best and worst thing Which for us is still an extension of part one, which yes. means some people... I'm not going to name names, but some people are getting drunk. <laughs> uh, I have to sober up because I have to drive. I would be much but, more loaded if I didn't have to drive. Yeah, uh, but if you're coming in, so uh, don't don't if you're coming without having listened to the first two Everybody hours, uh, check out the part one of this. But I understand you might be watching, uh, listening at this point because you just want to like our five worst and our three best. Like fuck the other seven. <laughs> um, so this is City of Geek, uh, just to know who everyone is again, if you're just listening to this for the first time and don't really care about the first half of the podcast, I am Bob. Cody's looking at his phone, but that's Cody. That's Cody, yeah. <laughs> I'm just here for the fucking bad movies. And the chocolate chip And Bob is just, like, fucking padding this shit out. No. And Kim's delicious chocolate cookies. I do make good chocolate chip cookies. Uh, I'm Kim. Hi, last time I was Tony, now I'm back to meet Kim. <laughs> And I am Tony by default. I do always say enjoying the, the wonderful uh, scratch made cookies and the uh, equally wonderful red wine that is being provided by our very capable host. First bottle was you. That was good. Yeah, well, I was actually we we drank a bottle of the walk between the two of us. Tony and I drank a bottle of the, the Walking, Walking Dead, Dead red wine. blend. Yes, red blend, and it was surprisingly good. Yes, well, I I did actually. Bring a bottle to Bob. Uh, Christmas, I think it was. Uh, I think it was my birthday this year. Or your birthday. Thank um, you. But we are, this is a part two of the podcast, but if you're coming to <laughs> us uh, just because you care about this end of things, we are City Geek. Uh, go to our website, cityofgeek.com, and our Facebook and find everything we're writing about and talking about. Um, as I noted at the end of the last podcast, uh, if you share us from iTunes or wherever and give us a good positive review while you're at it and give me a title. I will watch that movie, including the Grinch Porno, apparently, because Cody wants me to do that. Kim will send you cookies. Uh, that's the idea we Kim told from our friends that's, that's, that's over at Strange Eons. Kim will send uh, Cody cookies. Radio yeah. <laughs> run by uh, Eric Morgan, Kelly Young, and Vanessa Williams. Not that Vanessa Williams. And Bob one. will try really hard to keep us on topic. Uh, so check them out because they're awesome people. And they've had Tony on at least <laughs> once. Um, but also, why we're talking about other podcast uh, friends, uh, let's not forget, don't read the Latin. Woo! Uh, with Jennifer Rice and whoever else they have gathered for this particular episode. Uh, they're doing, they did their best of the night before we recorded mm-hmm. ours, so theirs will come out probably the same night, ours will January 1st. That this part is going to come out a couple of days afterwards. Listen to ours first. And if we're blogging shit, ghoulish tendencies. Yes, that was my next thing I was going to say. Yes. Uh, which Kim is on. I yeah, am. Kim I'm and sorry. Gabby. Um, <laughs> for some reason, if you want to hear her talk more, yeah, that we hear enough. That is true. They do hear me talk an obscene amount. Hey, I have subscription to Ghost and previously a ghost. It is our more, uh, we talk about uh, the supernatural, we talk about true crime, we talk about lore and legends. So it's it's uh, both in the vein of some of what we do here and also not at all. You know, we could also talk about the lore of delaying this. Yes. Get to the bad now movies. we are getting into our bottom five movies. Um, this is going to... 
move around here. So Cody is biting, is chomping at the bit. So we're going to... Tony! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, what is your fifth worst movie? Up it is Halloween year? at Aunt Ethel's. Piece of fucking shit I found on Amazon I'm Prime. sorry, are you... I, I thought you were talking about your Halloween at your Aunt Ethel's. This is what I don't have your Aunt Ethel. <laughs> you know, I have the same thing. Halloween <laughs> she at Aunt Ethel's. She gave me... Aunt Ethel. Jesus. Bitch didn't give no big size candy bars. Fuck Aunt Apple. Fuck Aunt Apple. She is a bitch anyway. Yeah, she is. Please fill us in. Details. Okay, the worst fucking movie I'd seen. Honestly, one of the worst, like, from an actual filmmaking (laughs) quality I've seen this year. Well, now I have to see this. Nothing works. Everything falls flat. It acts. The acting is like a porno. The old lady they got, they keep doing these stupid fucking jokes. Their jokes never fucking land. What what is right He's so bad right please, now. So basically, the entire plot is there's this old lady goes around. She kills a bunch of people on ha- Halloween. Everybody fucking knows it's her. She makes shit out of their bodies. Oh, it's so cool. It's so edgy. All they get is a bunch of porno actors and sets. And this Wait, fucking lady. There is a rap Ooh. song at the end of this fucking you movie. Had skin and it makes me want to blow my goddamn brains out. <laughs> Fuck this movie. I hate this movie. May anyone who worked on this movie burn in the entire fucking pits of hell. This is my favorite moment of all time. I'm so happy right now. I just I hated it. I never, I never hate shit like this. Never, never, never. And I want to talk about it first. It's not my worst. There are four I hated more than this. I, I watched this for 100 nights because I thought, okay, well, it looks kind of shitty, but it can't be that bad. It was that fucking bad. <laughs> There's an Aunt Ethel rap song, oh and God. honestly, I would rather listen to an hour of Hitler speeches than wow. listen to that song again. That's a provocative thing. Fuck that movie. Fuck everyone who made it. Fuck everyone who financed it, and fuck their entire fucking families. <laughs> On to Kim. I know desperately want to watch this movie. <laughs> You need to. In fact, all of you need to watch it. I will watch this now, by the way. Mm-hmm. You're going to be bored, and you're going to be like, what the fuck? It sucks. And fuck. Cody, for those of you at home who can't see what just happened, Cody just threw his Great napkin action. down in disgust. Absolute. Just okay, fucking well, gross. My number five, I don't necessarily feel quite as passionately about as Cody. Um, but it is a movie that I took my friend to because uh, I had passes to see it. And when the credits started rolling, she turned to me and she said, man, I wish I was high. (laughs) Uh, And that movie is The Dead Don't Die. (laughs) Uh, I've heard nothing but bad things about this one. I loved it. I wasn't one of them. And this is what I find kind of fascinating is that there were people who this might be on their top list. And I, I don't. Again, I, I don't passionately hate it the way that, that, that Cody hated the thing, but I just watched it being like, this thinks it's really funny, and it thinks it's really clever, and I just think it's dumb, and I don't smoke pot, but I also wish I was high, um, or drunk, or drunk and high, or just not here. I was glad that I didn't pay anything to see it. I had passes to see it, um... It's hard too because like the cast is fantastic. Well, and yeah, Jesus Christ, Christ Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't think of a bad movie that Jim Jarmusch has well, made. Well, here you go. This one because this is awful. This is my 16th worst movie of the last of last year. It's 
fucking it, awful. It just, it, well, and I think that was part of why it, I ended up putting it on my list, is I was so disappointed in it, because it could have been something, but it it took meta past the point of being interesting. Yeah, it's like a really shallow <sighs> satire that I think in some ways is supposed to be a satire of satires, but it doesn't land in either But it doesn't land. And again, when you have... Bill Murray, and Tilda, Tilda, and Adam Driver, Adam Driver. fucking Driver, who again? Chloe Severney. I love. Yeah, it, it just—it was so utterly disappointing for me. The one gag that I did kind of enjoy, I will say, this is a spoiler. Yeah. I don't really care about spoiling this movie because also it's so absurd. You can spoil the bad shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, I will say the one gag that gets people to watch this, that kind so. of tickled me. And I almost wish there was more of that kind of gag. Was there was a running gag that Adam Driver had read the script? <laughs> and it's the theme song, sure. Yeah, well, I read, I, it was in the script, or I read the script, or this happened in the script. And I will say, I wish they'd leaned further into that. I thought that was really funny. This this idea that you have one character who knew he was in a movie and constantly referenced reading the script. It's it's. I feel like it didn't kind. It didn't really know what kind of absurd movie it wanted to be, and that was why it didn't work. It, it was trying to be way too many things and way yeah, there's too. There's so many characters and subplots that don't that don't mean anything. anything. And there was so many things that could have made it interesting, and then it didn't go anywhere. And and that was part of why I just the movie was over, and I. I don't fully understand what I just sat through or why I just sat through it and why I wasn't high, even though I don't smoke pot. <laughs> on the pause note, I'll say the one joke that really worked for me besides that particular mm-hmm. one was that Steve Buscemi's character was such an asshole Ooh. that they decided to let the zombies come. It's like, should we uh-huh. let him? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> and you have them. Um... And I thought it would be great if like, somehow like he's, he's like the one survivor because they didn't tell him about the zombie, but they, he gets killed if they want to remember it. But... Uh, Carol Kane is, is... Oh, yeah, she's in one scene. Because she's a zombie. <laughs> and, and then she's a zombie. And I will say her zombie is funny, but like... You, they have all these actors that I feel like they also kind of underutilize. I'm like, you fucking have this this stellar cast of people, and you're not really making use of how good they are. And no, I have so not seen came this Tom Waits in the woods in this film. But I think, <laughs> I think one of the keys to why Jarmusch's movies usually really work is because they are very open ended in structure, mm-hmm. and they are very much exercises in um in mood and also like contemplation um in a lot of Jarmusch's movies the characters are in a state of contemplation and I think hemming that kind of approach into a formula genre movie if you don't really have your ducks in a row is not going to work no and that's kind of the impression I get. Because, I mean, I, you know, he made one of the best vampire movies yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. That's my second favorite yeah. vampire movie. Brilliant. Because it leans into one of his strengths, which is exploring the contemplation of characters as they are navigating their way through life. And it, I, it just seems to me like 
and, and the other thing is also his 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 sense of humor is normally very kind of left of center, very oddball, very not you know which I set like up joke punchline. It, that's not the way he normally works, and it sounds like this is kind of what he was attempting. Because it's less the punchline, more just continual a continual well, like the continual reference to the you know the dead don't die the song the theme song that they have is like oh, I like that but song. Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. That's yeah. So fun. Uh, it was a lot of repetitive stuff and. And I, again, I think a lot of the things on my list are things that, save for my number one, which fuck that movie, we haven't gotten there yet, uh, but a lot of things on my list, they're not even things that I would say are necessarily bad films for the most part. They're things that I was really annoyed walking out of, partially because I think they could have been better. Yeah, and this my is, number one yes. thing I just... Just failed because there, I, there are a yeah. couple on the list of that. But maybe it's technically a better movie than I'm giving it credit for. But <laughs> I, I, I wanted this to be better, and and it, it annoyed me that it wasn't, and so that is part of why it made my list. And again, uh, my 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 top couple three on my worst five are ones that part annoyed me because I really wanted them to be better than they were, and they weren't. And it's so and 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 for the most case too had good talented actors and waste them so dead don't die i it, it bothered me it annoyed me it should have been better i wanted adam driver to take a shirt off anyway tony <laughs> now i only have four movies that i thought were bad enough to merit putting on a list of some sort so i don't know if i should abstain so, and should we, you guys should we come back on. to you next round we will yeah. yeah. we'll come back to you next round so tony has a, a no uh all right so my number five um is actually I'm changing places between what was previous number five. And oh. um, sorry, my letter box which will go public in a couple of days. Uh, it's going to be Hellboy uh, for Neil mm. Marshall, uh, which I've not seen. Uh, and you shouldn't see it's on it's on Prime if you want to sit your ass through it. I don't. <sighs> I don't. I really <laughs> uh, don't. It's one of those movies where there's been just like a whole button of producers and everyone instead is arguing, and sometimes that works. Sometimes it comes through. Uh, in this case, it's just a failure. It's just a mishmash and failure of tones of styles of. People who should be better, who aren't. When Ian McShane doesn't give a shit, you know you're in trouble. Uh, because he usually commits to everything that he's doing. Um, even when he's in Pirates of the Caribbean 15, The Haunted Crow's Nest, whatever, who cares. Uh, it's a silly joke from The Good Place. Um, but uh, here's like, like well, I will say on the positive before I rant a little bit. Uh, David Harbour does everything he can for Hellboy. He's actually a good choice for, for the role. He's not Ron Perlman, but who is? Uh, and I'm not... Ron wanting, Perlman. I want to automatically compare... I don't want to make automatic comparisons comparing this to uh, Daniel Del Toro's, which are wonderful, but they're not... They're a little step out from the comics. This is more meant to be in tone of the comics, and I can see why they're going for this, but you also have plots that... Uh, plotline that sh- cut to shreds, uh, really weird edits, really weird cut... Uh, Shots where you can tell things have been changed over time. That things have changed in a, re- in a reshoot. Things have changed here. A really bad ADR where you can see that things. Oh, that's through. never good. Uh, when like really a lot of like off camera for behind somebody lines that don't match. Uh, to get a good feeling of, of where this movie doesn't work, just watch the opening scene on Amazon. When you hear Ian McShane just blast through Mila Jovich's uh, backstory. Just like a one take, reading the thing for the first time. He's like, <laughs> you want to go for it again? No, we got it. It's like, it's, it's worse than... This is what we Har- call a paycheck movie. <laughs> it's worse than Harrison Ford's uh, Blade Runner 
readings. Ooh, burn! <laughs> yes, that that it, it feels like he's just reading it out loud. He just wants to get the feel of it, and they record it. Oh, so it Harrison Ford in the Rise of Skywalker then. Ah, uh, shut up. Oh, <laughs> burn! But, I'm, but yeah, Hellboy. I saw on my birthday, and it was the it was the worst birthday present I've ever received. Happy fucking birthday! <laughs> we should have saw Miss. We actually joked about seeing Missing Link as soon as I got it. Like that was so awful. We need something good, and we decided to go home. Palette cleanser. Yeah. Mm. Um, which Max probably made. My like missing like a lot, but I would have made it better watching Hellboy. Well, it's heartbreaking, especially to hear that because the movie was directed by Neil Marshall, yeah, was, who was one of the great white hopes of genre filmmaking. Mm-hmm. At this point, now he has gone on the record as being very disappointed with yeah. the end result because he says it was taken out of his hands. But I just, uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very. That so rarely it, ends well. For my yeah. uh, oh my god, you're just like chomping at the bit. I love it. Can we, can we, wait, can we do an episode at some point that's just, like, things that Cody wants to rant about? Yeah. Dude, you know yeah. what? Fuck. You can have a whole podcast doing it. Let's record <laughs> it and put it up. I'll, you know, I'll fucking do that. It'll be ten minutes on Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start there. I'm going to go in. Cody's hot takes. <laughs> yeah, some of these are actually I do really love awful. Speak awful. for the YouTube channel. Cody's hot cats, takes. Cats, cats, cats. Which I this so much want to see. I want to see so bad. so fucking horny. <laughs> what? I will say, part of me wants to uh, see it because apparently I just Elba. Elba like, so that's one yeah, right there. It's like basically I'm naked. My boyfriend, Idris <laughs> Elba, is a fucking naked smooth cat. I'm sorry, I'm gonna go see if there's a screening oh! right now. <laughs> is, there, is there a screening? This movie, everybody's gyrating and they're acting like they're on drugs, and nobody has any visible genitalia. You, you want to see Rebel Wilson? You walk into this <laughs> and Rebel Wilson is spread eagle like she's about to get just fucking railed. <laughs> and you see no genitalia. And by the end of the song, she rips off her skin to reveal what? she's got a costume on underneath. That's also her skin. She eats cockroaches. Then she's gone. That's then so James Corden, who I fucking hate. As everyone James should. He's a dick. Corden is a massive <laughs> dick. James Corden, I hope you fucking die. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck your stupid show. Fuck your singing with your bullshit in the car. I hope one day you're in a car and somebody runs a fucking 18 <laughs> wheeler over it, you piece of shit. <coughs> Fuck you, this movie. How do you feel, Cody? Fuck this movie. <laughs> Judy Dench is in it and she lifts her leg up like she wants to just get railed by Ian McKellen, who does the horniest cat yell. Ever. What the fuck? Idris Elba is weirdly horny throughout it. And I mean, that, the, I'm, oh, that I'm okay with. That I'm okay with. To fire his fucking agent. Anybody who's in this, fire your fucking agent. <laughs> Taylor Swift, oh, she's in it to sing a shit song. Nobody's going to remember. No, 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 I mean, to be fair, the, to be fair, is the is the shit song one of the original songs? Uh, they added yes. one. Oh. Uh, the what? shit song is covered by Taylor fuck? Swift. Is and a jellicle. Nobody can explain what the fuck a jellicle is. Why well, they? I've never all song about jellicle cats, but I, I don't sing care. It to you right Bob, now, shut your <laughs> fucking <laughs> mouth, Bob. I am not done with this shit. Trust me, I I know this show. <laughs> <laughs> I know the show. I. Why this is so funny? I I went and saw this with my friend, well, my friend Lauren. We dressed like cats. And we had a great online. time. Great fucking time. Review is online. It actually uh, has. More uh, more views than most of our regular stuff, so I think people saw the cats and were like, "Okay, fuck it, let's let's watch this fat guy talk about cats in the car for twenty minutes." <laughs> this, is, this is this year's everyone rail on movie. Like last year was uh, was Life Itself and other Beauty. Oh, I just remember that. Made. Made. <laughs> Here's my question: 
$250 million. <laughs> and you know, and and the budget, actually the budget was just shy of $100 million. Yeah, Which but is still marketing that's true. and everything. They're well, going to be and, 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 and this is, I, yeah. Because they had to self-correct. This is higher on my list, so. Oh, okay. Well, but they had to, the, the fact that they had to, to send out, like, the director is still fucking with shit. Yeah. And they send things they out. They have to. releasing it. I'm yeah, disappointed that I haven't seen it yet because I want to see the worst version of Pokemon. Well, that's why I'm not going to see it in theaters because uh, so I'm not going to see it at home because I want to see it as bad as it can I saw some of the screenshots of like Judy Dench's human hand with her yeah. wedding ring on and I was and like, the, oh. The person, that I think, in Baby Jezebel who saw mm-hmm, it twice, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. talked about how like there's one point where someone's grayed out and not catted and then point yes. where you can see people's like feet because they just like edited the, the feet out but I forgot to put the cat feet on oh no <laughs> or there's one point where someone's just standing there in a, in a knit cap in the front of the screen or something like that. Well, well, one note one note I have is we should probably edit the part out where I want James Corden to die because if he hears that I could probably get charges pressed against me <laughs> he's a prick um, <laughs> fuck James Corden yeah I, I'm pretty sure if I saw this it would be on my list because I yeah, want to see too. it so fucking bad Mr. Mistopheles get ourselves right, right way, mood to see it. Mr. Mistopheles is a fucking creep and should have been killed. This but, movie. Oh no, there is, was never a cat so, so clever as Magical Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. This movie <laughs> should have ended with them all at a PETA kill shelter. <laughs> well, if, if part of the plot is that they're all introducing themselves and asking to die and get chosen to die, which none of us get that option. First of all, why. Yeah, maybe this, this maybe should have been everybody dies. Everyone! This should have just ended with them all at a kill shelter and them all just getting gassed. Fuck this movie. But anyway, it's legendarily <laughs> awful. See, it's funny because I was really reluctant to go see it in theaters before and now I kind of want yeah, to. You probably see it tomorrow is in my life in that yeah, I, I gotta know your thoughts. And Maybe Tony, when I drive you home, I want to know your thoughts because you saw well, it. Well, you're going to get them now. Oh. Like, on this, because it's, it's on it is on my list. Thank fucking God. See, literally my thing is... You can spoil the fuck I have not wanted to spend no money cares. on this. Um... But now I kind of do. Well, no, I, I have to get some legal. Well, I'll, before we move on, I'm gonna say, um, cats. Like, I have a weird relationship with cats. <laughs> Tell me more, Bob. Tell me more. Well, I was like, because it's and it's good that you're never here alone. With Tony. I, um, I just checked you off my list of people that cats it. Baby, run, that's not what I meant. Run, baby, run. <laughs> Run. Run. The bad man's not going to hurt you. I both simultaneously love the and hate cats. Computers and cats like, I like the DSL impones. And the, the show itself is incredibly silly, incredibly weird. Uh, Seeing it live, though, it's is It's easy is to hate it, but it's fun to hate it yeah. in that same way. But it's also fun to enjoy how... I enjoy watching it live. fueled yeah. it is. Yeah. This is a movie... This is a, a, a show... Built on cocaine and cats, <laughs> and um, and it works in that way. Uh, but it's not. I never. I don't understand people take it really seriously. Uh, Mandy, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but still, that's all I want to say. Is like, I do kind of like cats in a really weird way. Uh, I know it's like, no, no, no. no. I, I, so okay, here's my thing. Um, the very first CD I got when I was eight years old. Was a like best of Andrew Lloyd Webber kind I of hate thing. I you both now. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, it was a best of Andrew Lloyd Webber thing. I uh, it had the best of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Listen, so I was not Love Never Dies. Where I was fucking eight years old. The best of Andrew Lloyd Webber is Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes, yes. and Evita. I have and seen parts of Family. So 
I'm part. Well, so here's the thing. Again, no, I was. I would, I would. Well, Andrew Weber is the reason I got into theater because I was a kid. I was eight, and then uh, I heard some of Phantom on the CD. I got the Phantom of the Opera CD. I was obsessed with it. I read the novel when I was a kid because I was obsessed with his musical. I got Cats, Avita, Jesus Christ Superstar, Starlight Express, Aspects of Love. All this shit and at Starlight or not Starlight Express, um, Sunset Boulevard, mm. and I did that. Yeah. yeah, I was a Jesus. Or, oh my god, <laughs> I was. Listen, we're on bottle of wine number three. Yes. So anyway, I was a Angela Weber super fan until I was about twelve when I discovered. <laughs> <laughs> At 12, I realized the wisdom had, acquired, had been acquired yeah. sufficient that Andrew Lloyd Webber is a hack. Thank I you. mean, I moved on to, like, Les Mis and Miss Saigon and discovered there was other musical theater out there other than Andrew Lloyd Webber. But, like, I'm a theater kid. I am a hardcore theater kid. I am still a theater kid, and I'm still a performer. Andrew Lloyd Webber is why I got into musical theater, and I will always love him for that. I will always love Family of the Opera because I love the story, and Evita, and Jesus Christ Superstar. And man, I loved cats when I was a child, an actual child. And because of that, the musical theater version has a space in my heart. Kim is furry confirmed. <laughs> oh, bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, See you wait for Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is also part of my reluctance to, to see... Uh, the the musical is that in terms of live action musicals, very few are done in a manner of which I find to really capture what it is they are on stage. The on stage experience is its own thing, and it's a rare musical that has made its way to film that has been successful, in mm. my opinion. Uh, anyway, I, I feel like I had another point, Two. but I oh, lost it. Four, four. You know what? Yeah, let's get there. You talked about cats for like 20 minutes. I can talk about it for... Hey, I can put my bullshit into about five minutes. <laughs> Brightburn. Ooh. Okay. Which is a con... Fight, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm like punching for a fight here, and here's why. This was a movie that thoroughly disappointed me. Yeah. And I am actively angry at it because it could have been something really great, and instead it wasted it. Uh, that being said, the last, the little, like, cutscene during the credits, yeah, that looked interesting. Let's talk more about that. That's a sequel I would watch. But you took a really interesting premise, you had a good cast, and you kind of squandered it. The entire movie felt like it never got out of the first act. Yeah! Absolutely. And so, and this kind of comes back to a lot of my worst stuffs are not ones that are necessarily the worst. Bad. Uh, They're yeah. dis. They di You know what? I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed in these movies. And this was a movie that I was really disappointed in because I felt like the concept was really interesting and that it squandered what was a really promising concept. Yeah, I think a lot of people loved it simply because of the concept rather yep. than the. Yeah, no, I the execution to me, what they it just missed it. Yeah. I'm in complete agreement with you. I mean, it didn't make my top ten worse, but I did not like yeah, it. It isn't my yeah. number, my two era because I thought the kills were pretty good mm -hmm. and that sequence of the diner with the blood and the the diner was, cool. was very cool. Uh, and that's enough to get it out of like the doldrums of the bottom. But this but. is where I say too, 
I, not being an A-list subscriber yeah. like you two are. We watch more shit. Uh, well, <laughs> you, you, you voluntarily watch more shit. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have they to... seek s- out the bad. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for things to come out on video that are bad that I'll watch. And even then, at that point, am I going to... If I know something's bad, am I like, yay, I want to watch this? Uh, unless I'm live tweeting it and it's for shits and giggles. Yeah. No, no. I, I only have so much time. So... There's a lot of stuff that I know would have made my worst of list if I'd watched <laughs> yeah, it. Fair but I didn't. <clears throat> Quentin Tarantino, what? Anyway, Tony? But uh, I'll just say uh, oh, one yes. final note, Bite Burns, like, of, of stuff that, that it that could have done, but didn't, like, what are you talking about nature versus nurture, mm-hmm. both for, uh, or loving someone who you know is objectively evil? Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and wrestling with that, and either the, the kid or the mom are doing it for both, but it's just like, look, evil Superman. Yeah. Yay. Uh, James Gunn, you're famous. Can you get your brother to, you know, you can use your brother's crap script, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, well, what's your... number four. Um, kind of on the general tack of movies that aren't, that are, you know, a severe disappointment. I, my number four um, was Star Wars, The Rise mm. of Skywalker. I was really sorely, sorely disappointed with it. I, I feel like it was one of those films where... The first quarter of it, I was okay with it. I was kind of riding with it. There are some rough spots, okay. And then as it kept going, it just, it just for me, it just became more absurd. It mm. became more, um, it became so fan service pandery ah! at the end yep. that I just felt like I felt like I was being clubbed over the head with all of these moments that that J.J. Abrams had crafted specifically as an apology for Ryan Johnson's blasphemous sin of trying to do something fucking different with the last movie. I was really, it was one of those movies that as I was watching it, it was one thing, but as I, when I walked out of it and was chewing over it after I had seen it, I was just like, God damn it. (laughs) What the? I really thought that the strongest part was honestly um, Ian McDermott as Palpatine. I thought that hit the. I loved the beginning. I thought that was one of the reasons why I was in the beginning is expressionist horror movie imagery, and I thought exactly. Okay, and I, they're going to go dark, and I, then it just it goes off the rails. But I thought everything with Palpatine up and t- I, I thought the visuals of Palpatine work in the visuals yes. of the Sith homeworld work. Spoiler! I don't give a shit. Fuck spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah. It, so was Lando going to just fuck that woman at the end? Uh, Let's find out daughter. where you're from. No, he's gonna fuck his daughter then, because that's what the live like. There's uh, apparently in the books about where Wait, his what? daughter got stolen. Oh, I'm like, what did I miss? Where he's like, "Let's find out where you're from" with a nice bottle of Colt 45. Well, I mean, I will say that that one of the things I did like uh, was Lando's return. Lando, they but you know everything like, feels like this was. Why did why did they need this trilogy at the end? Well, because money, money. Because you know what pisses me off. <laughs> it's because the Abrams movies are so fucking toothless, and yeah. they're so fucking rehashes of the last yeah. one. Yeah. And the one, the one movie that had the balls to do anything different, everybody shits on. You know why? why you, you know why people, people, people fucking fans, hate Star Wars fans? It's because Star Wars fans are some of the worst. Yep. Gatekeeper shits. Gatekeeper yes. shit. Yes. yes. You hated the prequels because of this, and now you hate this because of that. Well, the prequels do suck. I'll, oh, okay. First yeah. of all, Episode Three masterpiece. 
Sith. Oh, and seen that's the I actually You're never seen that. Sith, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. No, I've never seen it. Show me a lightsaber fight that's better than Anakin and Obi Wan Mustafar. Show me an Anakin Skywalker uh, worse than fucking Hayden Christensen. <laughs> He was great. Sand. He's fucking ghastly in that movie. In the second one, he's, he's not a pouty shit in the third one. <laughs> I was I just was, a slightly he's worse in the more groomed He's worse in the second He likes to smoke. I figured that. That's he's seems not good. a very nice guy. But anyway, like, episode 9 is so fucking toothless. And it's just, it's just, it, Abram's just jerking off these fanboys. Yes. One, and I will say the no, thing it's that... Him. It's him. You would need a crowbar to disconnect his lips from the fanboys' asses. Yes. That I was going to say dicks, but there you go. Uh, well, what bothered me was mostly that, um, I feel like you, you, as an audience member... What I what I don't want to see playing out in front of me is the politics of movie making, and uh, as soon as you have Kylo Ren saying, "You know how I said your parents were nobody? What I meant was your parents were somebody, and My actually grandfather your grandfather, grandfather is this person." <laughs> as soon as that happens, you're like, "This is one director literally shitting." On a previous director's decision. And yeah. another thing that just really gets me is it completely, this movie completely, this trilogy, invalidates the entire arc of Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. What was the point of him being born? What was the point of the rock, him destroying the Jedi and bringing balance to the Force in the end by killing Palpatine? Fucking Nothing. You know, I've seen people fuss about like and then like a better way of doing that for Palpatine, like that if he created if if Sheev, uh, who apparently does fuck now, uh, recreated, he spilled his nut. Uh, that's canon. For, for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he like he somehow created Anakin and you know maybe even created the whole Skywalker line, they keep turning on him. That'd been an interesting take, but they don't get into that. See, I, I did like. Uh, I, I did. I did like Rise of Skywalker mostly. I think I gave it like a B or B plus. Um, it's got all Go sorts of issues. Up. I did enjoy it. Um, I just think it was yeah. You know, it was shitting on the Last Jedi, which fucking pissed me off because I love the Last Jedi. Um, and then mm-hmm. felt like you know Rose. two movies shoved into also, one. Vader is the most iconic character from the entire Star Wars canon, but uh, he's the most recognizable. And to take that arc of his redemption. And basically be like, oh, well, his son turned into a huge coward. Now he's dead. Okay. I could see that arc working if they stuck the landing in the ninth. If they actually had a good reason for Luke to go in that route. And then Kylo Ren's dead, so all the fucking Skywalkers are dead. Ray's not a Skywalker. I'm not counting that. This is, in my opinion, you're at a point with her where everything that they said about her being a Mary Sue came true in this movie. What? I, I will also say that I think the unfortunate death of Carrie Fisher that fucked him fucked them over, and and what I almost even though seeing Carrie Fisher on screen was those scenes were pointless. They were weird. They were weird, and I I I I which apparently is where all the roses. Yes. Was, like, they apparently that was the excuse. With Rose with her and then they have cut and was because like, they couldn't work. make him work. I, I I don't know if this is even an unpopular opinion or not. Um, as much as as getting those glimpses of Carrie Fisher initially gave me this emotional reaction. In retrospect, I I wish 
they'd done the movie either right after her death having her die before like not on screen just being like now that that general organa has died this is what we have to do i I wish they hadn't tried to so obviously write scenes to To shoehorn her in to shoehorn her in because it, it at the end of the day it crippled them it crippled their plotting and also, the, it just looked weird. It yeah. looked so my, weird. My idea always was, they knew Carrie Fisher was dead for a full fucking year. Yeah. They should have rewritten it where she dies in Last Jedi when she goes out the airlock. And you could have you could have written that in, and you could have had Luke survive. And you could have had their roles kind of swapped to where you actually have... Because Lando doesn't do shit in this fucking movie. Well, I will say, he's... My, my god... The swagger, even... Oh, he's still got it. He's still got it. I was like, I am invested. I am on board. Show me more of Lando. But, you know, to kind of reduce Luke and Han and Leia to cameos in the end. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't their trilogy, which is... I'm I'm really glad that they they, they did focus more on the new characters. They should try and... I feel like Luke really never got, like, an actual, like, arc to a point. I feel like... He had a great arc in the first three. I mean, that, that, I think his character does the most development in the first three Agreed. originals. But I think and I liked just... Cranky Old Man Luke. Oh, me too. too. I, I, I thought that, that I liked that as an yeah. aspect. I just think they could have they could have swapped this out and had him still be alive in part mm. nine, and it would have been a lot easier for them. Well, and, and I, I do. Uh, our, we're, we, we've kind of said. Fuck you, spoilers at this point with for, this movie for the bad. For, we're doing spoilers. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, again, I feel like. For the people listening to this, well, <laughs> I think everyone who's listening has probably seen Star Wars. That's that's point. what I kind of mean. The, there is a a cameo in this by um, by Han uh, by uh, uh, Harrison Ford. Well, you can which, tell he doesn't want to fucking be there too. But but I, I also think more than he did for the I, 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 I think he. Yeah. I think he. I think I liked him in this. Movie. I, I think I did too. But, and I think the right. reason why is because I think there is this enormous sense of relief from him that this is it. I'm well, not going to have to do any Anakin, of this Star Wars shit anymore. would have been much more I thematically think, fitting, but we're in up again. Anakin. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> you do you, and I'll, I, 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 I've said what I can say about Anakin. Just fucking having a story. I, I think it is obvious that part of why he came back is that Carrie Fisher died. He did not intend to come back. He <laughs> agreed to do Star Wars to be written well, this, off in the first one. And this was supposed to be Leia's movie anyway. And this was supposed to be Leia's movie, but she but Carrie Fisher died. But I feel like they they were still trying in trying to be respectful to her and in trying to make her a character in a movie where the actress is dead, you ended up kind of fucking the whole film. Um, and yeah, it, it definitely, it feels patchwork as shit. Yeah, and and J.J. Abrams, I felt like the whole time, was giving the middle finger to Rand Johnson. And Oh, I know. That was also just, again, I don't want to see the politics behind the screens, uh, behind the scenes playing out I, I knew we were fucked when they're like, J.J. Abrams is going to do it. Because I, I thought Force Awakens was okay, but it was the first one again. But it's like, dude, J.J. Abrams, if you felt so strongly about your fucking vision, then you, you should stay on to do all of the three, all three of them. Otherwise, like, again, this is the first rule in theater. You say yes and. You needed to say yes and to what was done in part two, even if you didn't like it, and make it work. Because in trying to 
retcon it. It just it felt disrespectful and pieced together like you're and cramming petty. too many. It felt yeah, like petty as it shit. Felt so petty. Yeah. And like you're cramming two movies into one, and it was really, really disheartening to watch. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's why it's number four on the list. On that note, let's move on. I will say one last thing. One last thing on five minutes. What I like to that Cody has not been drinking for a while, so I just appreciate that. One last fucking thing on this movie. And the Star Wars, this sequel trilogy, there is no reason whatsoever, and they cannot explain this, as to why Anakin Skywalker never appeared to Kylo Ren. Well, I think no. I, I mean, to, I, he's a fucking force ghost. He could appear to him at literally any can, point. In can I of, tell you why I think he didn't appear to him? Because they wanted to sanitize the prequels completely fucking out. No, of that's not why. Sanitize. Well, no, because, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I swear to God, God way too busy smoking a bowl. Well, yes, you could have done that. that. You if you, that <laughs> I think if, if you wanted to do later Vader, <laughs> uh, you do have the problem of having the voice of Darth Vader and Anakin in the later movies not match... Your physical actor. They should have just had Anakin appear as Hayden Christensen. And I just don't believe Hayden Christensen would have wanted to do it. I, well, he has one of the voices at the end. Yeah, he does yeah. the voice. Well, he's one of the voices at the um, end that Ray talks to. Fuck, just fuck Star Wars. Anyway, are we on Bob? I don't even know anymore. Where are My we? number four Go ahead, is, uh, is uh, <clears throat> Fred Durst's The Fanatic. I've not seen that. Lenny was talking about that the I other day. Uh, I was going to say, I almost started watching it just because of how much Lenny was like, fuck this movie. This is a ba- uh, an awfully written, awfully performed movie. Uh, with, But it's kind of weird to really rail on it because of the performance that John Travolta gives is Moose. Because he's, he, to use the, uh, the terms from Tropic Thunder, he goes full retard. Where do you live? Ooh! Ah. <laughs> Are you taking a photo of me? No! <laughs> um, but so he's like, but he's given like every sort of issue that someone can have and does the most basic version of it, but change from scene to scene and this and that. So it makes it really awkward and uncomfortable to watch him. So it's really hard to make fun of the performance in this case, besides of just how awkward and weird it is. Uh, with the way everything else goes, it's one of those things where like, is he the hero? Because he's not presented in a good light either, but Devin Sawa is also a dick as, as the person to be fantasized against. Uh, a lot of, like, random voiceover from a character doesn't matter. Lots of weird shit coming in and coming in that doesn't make any real sense. Uh, there's someone who dies that everyone should have seen within the course of a couple of days and no one notices. It's one of those like, weird things. Like, it's, it's don't know who is it for, who are rooting for, why this even exists. Uh... There's not a lot to say too much more about it because there's better people have written more and talked more about it that you can go find. Uh, and since I've one year seen it, I'll leave it at that. Um, I said, well, I do want to say there's this doesn't have to do the fanatic, but also musicians making a movie. Is apparently uh, Glenn Danzig's Veronica is god awful, ah! uh, but it's not released yet. It comes out in February apparently. Uh, originally it was going to be October 31st and pushed it back. See on the Aww. on the great sliding scale. On the great sliding scale of rock musicians making movies, I'm much more interested in a Glenn Danzig-directed movie than a movie directed by the fucking lead singer and mastermind of Limp Fucking Biscuit. And Limp Biscuit, <laughs> their music is in the movie. There's a really awkward sequence where Dennis saw uh, Dennis, which Devin is the only way he's going to fucking get son. any sort of Did Limp Biscuit material out <laughs> to humanity in this fucking millennium. 
Yeah, this, and Sorry. I, I almost feel like, is this <laughs> purposely made to be this awful? Because he, he knows no one's going to talk about it otherwise. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted, I, I, what I answer is I want to know if, like, if Moose's, uh, the way Moose acts is Travolta or Durst making that decision. Because Travolta should know better, but also I saw Gotti. <laughs> so, yeah, I, say, I don't think Travolta knows better. <laughs> sometimes he does. Sometimes he does. I, maybe, I, I think he's one of those actors who depends on his director. Uh, his director's good and gets him in the right, right place away. he can be so good, or he can be... Yeah. What? Yeah. And not even ah. entertaining in, like, a Nick Cage way. Where Nick Cage, you know... Oh, Nick Cage, I don't even care. Nick Cage is always fun, no matter what. Even when he's yes. not, he's fun. Yeah. Uh, Cody, so, what's your number three? Now, in theory, my number three would have been Star Wars, but I've already talked about that now. So I freeze up another spot is that on actually Was that actually number three? That was going to be number three. That's hysterical. That should be number three. Kev. <laughs> oh, are it's we... Am I at my number three? I oh, think is, I'll make up one for, for Tony when he had four. Yep. <laughs> I am just going to say real quick about how much I hated Dark Phoenix and how mm. fucking lame it was. The X-Men movies have been up and down all kinds of ways. What a fucking lame, limp dick movie. Fuck that <laughs> movie. Kim, you're next. <laughs> yeah. I like that you let ended on limp dick. I just, you know, I will say, I just watched that uh, on my way to New York. I watched that when I was on the plane. And I was like, huh. Okay. Good thing Marvel got the X-Men back. Um, my number three. My number three is another movie I watched on a plane. Uh, and it comes back to, again, movies that... I'm really mad at because you had a really good cast. You had Bruce Willis. You had uh, fucking Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> you had James McAvoy. <laughs> you had What's Her Butt from American Horror Story. Sarah, Sarah Paulson. Thank you, Sarah Paulson. Not just from American Horror Story, but... Listen, really we're like on our third bottle of wine. I'm starting to forget things. <laughs> um, and yet, and, and, and like, I'm sorry, M. Night Shyamalan might not be everyone's cup of tea. And, and there's a lot of times he's not mine. But I do think he creates really interesting stories. Last Hourbender was a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> That's a controversial opinion. I'm not going to pick up that bait right now. But Glass, man, Glass. Um, oh, I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm sad because I liked um, uh, Split. And Split. Split. No, I partially because James McAvoy is amazing. Is an amazing actor, and and well, and oh god, what's her name? The teenage Anna girl. Taylor Joy. Thank you, yeah, Anna Taylor she, Joy. She she is one to watch too. She's gonna do things. Yeah, she totally. is going to do some things, but like. Any, she did things with the goat and. Well, yes, that too, but. Anytime you have a cast of that caliber of actor and you fuck up a film, how does that happen? What did you? Who hurt you? Why did this happen? A puddle. A puddle. Oh my god! A fucking puddle. You're watching the theater like, oh no. It's what? It's again. This is a movie I got really mad at because you have all of the tools to make it a success. And yet, somehow, it's you still have made a failure, and it makes me mad. Well, it, potential that is unrealized well, makes me that, mad. Not just that, but Jesus, it, it riffs on mythology that's been begun with Unbreakable, yes. which is a terrific movie. Yes, and is continued with Split, which I yes. think is also a really good movie. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I, I was, for one reason or another, was not able to see it when it first came out, and then 
I started to hear the poisonous word of mouth immediately, and it's like, God damn it! You know, it, it's was like, Cody was the poison was Cody. Poison me, Cody. It, it's yeah. like somebody's like jerking you off. And it's going really well for the first two acts, and in the end, somebody breaks a glass <laughs> and throws p- it right into your fucking urethra. That is glass. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, like my. You One know, of the major hand job that, cul- that culminates in broken glass is not a good thing. <laughs> in your urethra. That would be that would be urethra. a death in a giallo film that Tony and I are going to make. Yeah, <laughs> I would uh, pay to watch that. So, like the thing with glass and, and myself, besides being in your urethra, was um that the uh, like <laughs> two two podcasts glass in your urethra. I have talked about it. My uh, hey, that is a good giallo yeah, title. That would be a great <laughs> title. Glass in your urethra. The whitest urethra. Um, now, <laughs> <laughs> the color of the glass there. Um, but it's Shyamalan's writing about superheroes and superhero mythology, but a very basic version of like I read a couple comics back in the 1950s. Yes, unaware like I the entirety. I, I'm just on just a general the the 70s. entirety of the world the has okay. seen every Marvel movie. Yes, people know superheroes inside yeah. and out now. We but, he's, them. He, but he's writing a, he's writing a movie as if people don't. Yeah. He's writing a uh, very. He's not giving his audience enough credit. Yeah, exactly. He's like, there's always the good and evil, and the scene that happens, like, yeah, and no shit, dude. From the ones in the early seventies. Yeah, know? this, uh, this, it, it's much, it's much deeper and wider. We're thing. in a comic book movie renaissance. But someone, no one told M Night Shyamalan on that. It's because this is this man needs somebody. He has really great ideas. He doesn't actually write good scripts. He has his ideas are spectacular. But he needs somebody to help him write dialogue, first laughs, of all. Laughs in uh, the village. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, dialogue. He is a shit dialogue writer. Lady in Water. Oh! Um, oh, oh. Signs? I kind of like signs. I, know, no, no, no. I don't dislike movie. signs, but his dialogue is god-awful. Yeah. His ideas are really interesting. Isn't signs, I wonder, that like, you can, like, beat the aliens with, like, pissing on them or something? Oh. It's with water, because it's with holy water, because they're demons. But, but no, 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 like, he, he does not naturally write dialogue. His ideas are really interesting. He needs to collaborate with somebody. I, I also think as a director, he's interesting. But he needs to let somebody else in on his creative process to yeah. help him write his script. He can't go unfiltered. It, no, it, and... It fucks him. And it's why he started so strong and then just has gone downhill. Move down. And let's go down to number three. And he's back down here again. Oh, uh, number three. Move on because it's already... Yes. Uh, my number three <laughs> is... You knew that was going to happen. Uh, my number three is another case of uh, very much thwarted expectations. Uh, uh, I really was not a fan of Joker. Joker. Ah! I just Sorry. did not like the movie at all. I thought Joker, in its little, shallow, superficial heart, wants desperately to be. Yeah, it wants to be. Bring it, bitches! It, it desperately wants to be um, King of Comedy meets Taxi Driver. Yes. It really wants to be that, but it does not have the the clarity of vision. It does not have the sense of originality. It does. It just for me, it just did not work. I saw a lot of raw talent on display. I mean, the movie looks great. Mm. Um, I think on an academic level, you could step back and appreciate Joaquin Phoenix's performance, which is a very yes. impressive bit of physicality. But. I, you know, I just it just felt so misbegotten to me. It felt like it just it felt like it was an attempt it felt like it was an attempt to subvert the uh, DC Comics formula, but like written out in 
red magic marker on a big white wall. Like, you know, with no subtlety, no nuance, no sense of of clarity. Just I I read what happened, and honestly, <laughs> I don't. I think this movie fucking didn't need to exist. Oh, I've I always thought. I agree. If you're gonna do a Joker movie, something that would be very interesting is to actually do a Joker movie where he is almost an actual hero. And Batman is pretty hateable when you think about it like this. I'm Batman. Bruce Wayne has enough money to pretty much solve poverty. Yeah. Well, and this is th- this is one of the things that really the fucking movie totally drops the ball on. Is it just the the whole? I mean, I appreciate the class warfare aspect of it, but it is delivered with a fucking sledgehammer. Yeah. It is delivered with the 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 least subtle the least subtlety and the most. I, I, I mean, it was it was basically it was Martin Scorsese for dummies. Yeah, yes. that's what the whole movie felt like. Basically, like Batman in general is just a dude who has so much money and so much privilege and so much power, and he chooses rather than to use that money to actually help his community, he builds himself a giant bat suit with a uh, some fucking weird batarangs, wastes all his fucking money, and goes and beats up criminals, which Ooh. is which is something that is ripe for. Depiction, yes, but it you don't. The guy who fucking directed Old School is not the guy to do that. Yep, and that, yeah, no. There is a communist Joker movie out there that needs to happen, and this was not it. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I just, I just was sorely, sorely. Disappointed I didn't hate it as much as you did, but obviously, I didn't like if you have these conversations for it. I don't have much to say about it that you haven't already said, but and if I start talking, it's a mishmash of stuff. So check them out. <laughs> Read my review and leave it at that. Um, Your excellent review, by the way. Hey, well, you helped write it. <laughs> no. The, uh, the, uh, you polished it. You polished I was the film going to make her to your Scorsese on that, my friend. <laughs> All right, Bob, I, um, I want to know. So my number three is The Haunting of Sharon Tate. <gasps> it's a mind, but it's, right. it's been more up. So I can, I can table <laughs> Or down, as the case may now. be. So I'm going to table my thoughts on that for, for, for Kim's speech. Okay. The Kim, um, the, the Kim, Kim, Kim <laughs> is, is, it, is it number? Can I just ask? Is it number one or number no? Two? It's number two. Well, well guess what? It. My number two is. Okay, there is doing a movie that is in bad taste, <laughs> and then there's doing this. Okay, so there's once this upon a time in Hollywood. In Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, there's once upon a time in Hollywood, and yes, then there's the haunting of Sharon yeah. Tate. Yeah, I can't even think of the haunt, the oh, haunted no. Hollywood as, as as distasteful after watching this. This, this <laughs> like this is like a mockbuster of oh my time Hollywood, but only those parts. <laughs> I, it's so bad. I don't know you how the, the movie f- that blames Sharon Tate for her own murder. <laughs> it's so bad. How like this is a uh, how did this get made? That I want to see. They might have done it. I don't think. It who happened. thinks? Who. Th- the director of Halloween Six. Does. This was a good idea. <laughs> also, Hillary that Duff. motherfucker from Cake Wars is the gay best friend, and that just uh, angers me. I hate that guy. <laughs> Fuck him. I and that guy should have a heart attack. <laughs> no. You mentioned something saying ago. Well, Hillary Duff. Yes. Like, God, girl, girl, call me. What's going on? What's going on? Why would you? Why would you even take that role? Why? What? It's so just. I mean. So, okay, so in general, I think anytime you are making a movie that is talking about an actual tragedy, you need to be 
treading with care. But this... I mean, if they can make this, my Albert Fish musical can finally happen. <laughs> no, but I mean, so at least... At, at least, least with the Albert... Them. Well, that's just it. Albert Fish musical, but there's enough time between... Needles, needles the in the penis. But he put needles that in his own penis. That is the next penis. memory from Cats. He put needles in his own penis. Like, this is... this is These are people who were brutally murdered, and she was pregnant. Yep. And it's so, it's so icky. It's icky. It's icky. It, it is honestly one of the most disgusting it's, films I've ever seen. It's so, such I, poor taste. I'm, I'm in, I'm so disgusted. I'm not even going to fucking yell at this movie. It's just <laughs> no, it is, shame it on is you. so like, so again, the first three movies were ones I was like, again, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Now I'm angry. Yeah. I am angry at this movie. Absolutely. It is, it is, it is in such poor taste. It is poorly done, too. Like, yeah. if you're going to be in poor taste, at least be good. No, you couldn't even do that. Um, it looks cheap as it fuck. It looks cheap it as fuck. Like, yeah. It looks low budget. Even Manson sucks. No, yeah, it's... It, it's just... It's it's a an unnecessary movie. Uh, you want to tell a story like this, you could have fictionalized it so easily. But by putting Sharon Tate's name on it, fuck you. Yep. Fuck you. You 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 deserve for this movie to be ridiculed, and you deserve for this movie. And and in general, I don't like being that person. I think if you're trying to make art good for you, no, this, this is, is no fuck art, you. Really. This is not art. This is a cheap. Fuck but, you. Uh, so he said the guy who directed this, of course, directed Halloween Six, which made it, it, but he he does have some good stuff on his before I mentioned a bunch of shit that he made. Um, he did direct uh, Crystal Lake Memories. His name is Jason, and Never Sleep Again. So he's pretty good at document documentaries of course. So if you'd made a documentary about Sharon Tate, cool, yeah, bro. But you didn't. But he also made the Medieval Murders came out this year, which I didn't see. I didn't see which, that. Uh, and his next movie, Nicole Brown Simpson. Fuck no! you! Fuck you! I'm absolutely serious. Fuck you! Yeah, this is like. And no. for I one mean, more time, it everyone. Would not surprise me with you. how this movie went if he actually didn't try to get O.J. Simpson to be in that movie. Yeah. Because the juice is loose. And he's on Twitter. <laughs> juice is loose. I'm going to pet George my cat. Excuse me. Um, an antidote. Tony, what's your cue? Matilda, um, you're so pretty. So we'll, we'll move on from I, you know, I to Tony's. I had the distinctive fortune of not seeing the hot Whoa. thing of Sharon Tate. Don't um, see it. Although I will say in one interesting streak, um, as someone who's seen a lot of exploitation movies, especially ones from the 70s, this is not a precedent. No, yeah, this is no. not held to scale. This is not something that decent. needs to be done. Exactly. Even then, I thought even like the shit movies from the seventies were at least a little better taste. Well, and also it was a, it was the Wild West back then. Yeah, and so you know when people made movies like this, it was like at, at some there was some sort of warped attempt to garner an audience, whereas you don't need. I, I mean that that. That form of exploitation is not something that in this current film climate is really something that you can do without a purpose. Yeah. You know, and that's what that's the thing is it sounds like just yeah. a meaningless And this is kinda of tossed together because of the fiftieth anniversary to try and beat what's on time next uh, Well I'm sure writing on what's upon a time and hold up. Uh, uh, to be, uh yeah. there's uh, Mary um Mary Heron's uh, mm-hmm. not um Charlie Says, which is a much, much better movie than this. Not, not perfect, but it's a much better movie than this. Mm-hmm. 
a couple of other Manson stuff coming out recently. But uh, Tony, what's oh, your number two? Uh, my number two, um, and I'm sure this is going to be near and dear to Cody's heart, is The Reliant. Mm. Okay, I... This was a transcendentally lousy film for me. I've always had a fondness, I think, as Cody has alluded to, of like Christian propaganda movies. And this is definitely a Christian propaganda movie in its purest sense. Kim loved it. And it's I just I mean, top to bottom, it's it's amateurishly made. Uh, it, it its message is wonderfully like smeared and warped and ambiguous and ill thought out as befits most Christian propaganda films. And it has one of the most gloriously ridiculous um, montage scenes that I've ever seen in a motion picture where um, (laughs) Brian Bosworth is being baptized by two very muscular twins and it is shot in slow motion uh, with so much homoerotic subtext that it's not even subtext. It is text writ large. I, I, I just, it, it was one of those movies that I was just staggered at its pure patent absurdity from beginning with, with to end. With how loud Tony was laughing in the theater, I thought we were going to get I was I know, there was, somebody, there was somebody in the front row, there, or in front of us, there were a couple of like older people, and I thought they're going to just like haul off and smack me but i couldn't stop i could not stop laughing it's just you know and i mean you can look deeper and if you are inclined as i think most of us are at this table you can be completely and utterly horrified at the fact that there are people that believe this and that there are people who will watch this movie and swallow the horse shit that's being coughed up therein but it was it was just a a grandly absurd experience for me. It was one of those things that I think in ten years, God willing, will be past having that hideous orange stain on the White House carpet around. <laughs> um, we'll be able to like look at and laugh as at as just like the height, depth, width, and breadth of complete and total propagandist absurdity. I I enjoy. I like was heartily entertained. Oh yeah. It's absolutely ghastly, and I was heartily entertained. I laughed so... I laughed harder at that than probably most of the comedies that I saw this year. So, yes, it's my number two favorite awful movie of the year. Yeah, it's just... That's a movie that's just a mess from beginning to end with awful scripting of the world that build is so hypocritical and... like oh, It I makes know. a better argument for gun regulations and no God than it does for the, what they're trying to say. Which is remarkable. I wanted my Antifa Red Dawn, and I did not get that. No, you got Jesus Red Dawn. Yeah. Yes. Do you want more Jesus in your Red Dawn? No. Already, it's already conservative. No, I never Red Dawn's that. already conservative, but it's no, a good I'm... movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, liked, I liked Red Dawn. I mean, to be fair, I started watching it when I was like 10. But it's so enjoyable, even yeah. if it's a very right. It's one of the few movies that my brother John used to make me watch that I really like. Yes, he is right wing nuts, but he knows how to make a fucking movie. <laughs> the movie is good. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, all right. So that's my number two, The Reliant. My number two is also a movie that should have been better with everyone involved, even someone who I really hate who can put out a good performance. This is uh, the remake of actually second remake in this case of. Um, Dirty Ron Scandals, The Hustle, oh, starring Anne yeah. Hathaway, who normally is is fucking good. And based on her performances in this and Serenity, had a year where she wasn't given a shit, um, and I think was actively trying to sink the movie she was in. Huh. Um, and then uh, and Rebel Wilson, who is 
god awful. I hate Rebel Wilson so much. Uh, <laughs> who produced this? So you think mm. she would maybe have a better cut of this? Um, it's Dirty Ron's Council is essentially the same script, but gender flopped, which I don't have an issue with this on the whole. In this case, it do- brings nothing to it and actually kind of undermines his own message because they keep everything. Uh, fucking spoilers. Uh, where in that first moving around, there being yeah the well. It's, that's a remake of a 1964 movie, um, but just mainly. Which is a fun movie. I, yeah. I'm a big fan of the original. Oh uh, God, yes. Dirty on Scoundrels or Bedtime Stories? Uh, They're both entertaining, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Dirty on Scoundrels playing, is a lot uh, of fun. Playing the Steve Martin roles, weird. Um, huh. It's weird to see him play direct comedy that way. Um, but yeah, Rebel Wilson's playing the Steve Martin character with, but they're all doing essentially the same script with no humor. Uh, where they're kind of like they're playing it to the walls with no real energy to it, which is weird. Kind of like playing it out there, but also not giving out anything. Um, Anne Hathaway's accent is so fucking awful. I expected that to be a release at some point. Of she, this is yet another twist on it, but it's not. It's just that's apparently what she chose to do for the movie. But yeah, as I was going, it does turn out that they're being conned by the dude that's trying to con. So they're bunch of these women being conned by a dude ultimately in the end yeah. uh so it kind of undermines everything there uh, a lot of jokes have setups and no payoffs uh, a lot of things just fall flat with rubber Wilson working away through the line of not knowing oh, i'm gonna fall down and go boom yeah <laughs> it's well and, you know it's funny because i was really excited about this movie when i first saw the trailer and then i think it was after you saw it i got less excited and then i didn't end up seeing it um, I, I enjoy the, the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels that this was, this was based on. Oh, that movie. Um, there well, are scenes in that movie that are hysterical. <laughs> I saw, I got <laughs> to see the, the musical version with John Lithgow <laughs> and with Norbert Leo Butts. And it, it's delightful. It's so much fun. So it was really, it was so disappointing to hear you say that this was not good. Again, I didn't go see it as a result. I still haven't seen it. There's um, nothing we're seeing. This. It's like not even seeing. It's like let's see how bad this can be. It's just, no, like it's a bad like comedy not... is just an awful experience. It's oh, that's really true. Like it's a, a, a bad drama, it becomes a comedy. A bad comedy is just yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to be here. You want to be at home, and yep. you can't. You can't do anything about it. All right, I've saved my rage for my absolute worst movie of 2019. Bring it, bring it, detective. Pikachu. I don't know if you saw a different movie than I did. Fuck that movie and go fuck yourself (laughs) That movie is the biggest piece of fucking waste of time shit. Bullshit. Fuck Pokemon. But but Cody, how do you feel? Fuck you, Kim. That's how I feel. (laughs) I fucking hated this movie. Nothing in this movie works. The lead actor, he sucks. The lead love interest, she sucks. None of the Pokemon... (laughs) are at all funny. Ryan Reynolds makes me just want to fucking strangle him in this movie. And I typically Aww. like Ryan Reynolds. I like Ryan Reynolds. I don't like Deadpool, but I think his portrayal works. I think it's pretty accurate. I still don't like Deadpool. That's what He's playing Deadpool as a fucking little lame-ass Pokemon shit. <laughs> the, vi- the villain sucks. The entire villain plan sucks. Fuck this movie. I've never hated sitting through something so fucking much in my fucking life. I just, I hated everything about this movie. There was no, there's no redeeming qualities whatsoever. It, you think, okay, well maybe there's, maybe uh, there's a funny Mr. Scene. Mime scene? Uh. 
Dude. Mr. Mime can go fuck himself, <laughs> and I hope he goes to a fucking work camp and dies. <laughs> All Pokemon deserve to die for this movie. That franchise deserves to die for this movie. Nothing in this fucking movie works. See, you think, oh, it's a cool design. No. You think, oh, well, there's there's live action Pokemon. No. No, it's Ryan Reynolds and his weird fucking child... It was not even his real child. I don't know. I don't fucking care. I hated this movie. I hated this movie. I fucking, fucking hated this movie. I would rather watch Aunt Ethel ten fucking times in a row than ever see this movie again. <laughs> Fuck Ryan Reynolds. That's Fuck amazing. Detective Pikachu. Fuck everything about this Pokemon bullshit. And fuck Detective Pikachu one last time. 2019. See, I actually don't even like Pokemon, and I actually really enjoy this movie. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think at some point you decided to hate this movie and just became the thing from there. Just embrace it. I mean, from deep down in my very pit of my soul, go fuck yourself, Ma. <laughs> You've earned that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I do have to say right now, if you're hearing a noise in the background, it's that, Carolyn snoring. It's Carolyn snoring. Um, Bob, it's okay. I still love you, even though you're very wrong. Uh, so I have it on my DVR right now. I haven't watched it yet, uh, and it's funny because initially when I when I saw the trailer, I was do, like, "eh." Do you know what would be a better use of your time? What would be a better use of my time? Watching the Reliant. Again. No, no, no. <laughs> it's an enjoyable kids noir. No, that has a lot not. of fun to it. It's not. It's, it's funny. It's just, There's it's just good not. design of the, the monsters. Uh, no, nothing is well designed. No. It's it's designed. But does it have a twenty? But does it have a soft focus like? homoerotic scene with a, an ex-jock getting it has dipped into a river and that's by muscular I will say doing that. The, the Reliant and Serenity that. were two movies that I honestly could not put my put on this list because I loved them. <laughs> they were <laughs> shit, but I enjoyed them. And I would see but them... But we interrupted uh, Cam. Cam. Oh, I don't even know. This is where we even started. You go. Am I saying my number one? Yeah, You're go for it. Okay, one. so fun story. My number one has been said, but... Yeah. Um, it's a fun story because I keep calling this movie The Revenant. <laughs> and so, There's no bear like, I've written this down in my notes as The Revenant, and then when I've gone to like make a note in the computer, I'm like, oh no, there's no Leo in this movie. Um, it's not The Revenant, it's The Reliant, which, Yay. oh my god. Um, here's the thing. I don't get the enjoyment out of these movies that, that, that Cody gets. And so this, for me, was absolute hell. Um, You're welcome. Because, like, okay, here's the thing. I used to at least watch Hercules' The Legendary Journeys and Xena Warrior Princess. God bless you, Lucy Lawless, you beautiful human. She's amazing. She's amazing. Just for Lucy Lawless and God's Not Dead Four. No, she knows better. But Bray Wise in part two. So I, I've, I have lost some respect for Kevin Sorbo. But the one thing that initially kept me going was that I thought, oh, maybe you know, Kevin Sorbo's in this movie. I at least enjoy Kevin Sorbo, even if it turns out he's kind of a shit. He is a right wing. Wingnut. I didn't notice when I liked Hercules: The Legendary Journey. I was like ten. Well, I think he may. I think the turn may have happened shortly after he. Because I used to watch Andromeda too. I used to be. I used to really enjoy Kevin Sorbo. Me too. And now I'm... apparently he. I shouldn't enjoy him. But I at least thought, okay, I in some level enjoy him. I'll at least enjoy watching him. No, you know why? I don't even care if I spoil this movie. Because fuck you, this movie. Um, Kevin Sorbo dies in like the first ten minutes. Yeah. He's barely he's in this the one. He's the one. He's the movie. closest thing to a marquee name that this fucking misbegotten. He's the only thing of a religious propaganda it's, movie. But at least they don't even see his mummified corpse <laughs> for like half a second. For like half a second. I. 
it's not even the, oh my God. <laughs> so loudly, I can't. Alright, so yeah, it's not showing up on this. Yep. That's how thrilling our dialogue it's is. It's not just that I I hated this movie. It's that I I resented that my money that any of my money went to supporting this movie. And the day after uh, seeing this movie, I had to donate money to charity. Because of how upset I was that any of my actual dollars... And that is the best pr- birthday present I could have asked for. What? That I donated money to charity? No, that you hated it so much. I hated it so much, and I resented seeing it, because I really resented that any of my money went to this movie's box office. Because I, I, I did not see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in theaters, because I did not want... Any of my money going towards Quentin Tarantino because fuck you, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I, I I realize people like him. He is abusive to women. He has a woman problem and he won't talk about it. And so fuck you, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I did not see Joker in movie theaters for the same reason. I really have a problem with men who are not willing to answer difficult questions about your art that might be problematic. And I've had just enough wine that I'm really going to get going on this. Uh, I really, really dislike giving money to things that I have a moral problem with. And I have a moral problem with the things that this movie represented. And I gave money towards its overall box office. So I then had to give more of my money, which I do not have. Because I work in the fucking arts. To a cause to counteract the money that this movie got on my behalf. So it is why this movie is my number one on the fuck you scale of movies. The first three on my list were movies that I was disappointed in. This movie can go suck Satan's cock. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for that. That's the fucking pull quote right there for the movie. (laughs) This movie can suck Satan's cock. City city of of geek. Appreciate you on a spiritual level. Thank you so fucking much for that. Uh, That's all I wanted from that. I just hearing Kim's rant on that just Delve it out. Game set and match. Uh, Tony, what's your uh, your number one? My number one. I my number one is cats. I was, you know, there are certain movies that are not, that are almost, they almost (laughs) defy, like, rational categorization, where they are, they are not good or bad, but they are forces of nature, strange, menacing forces of nature, and Cats is one of those films. I, I, did you see Cats sober, or did you, (laughs) I saw, I saw Cats Half sober. Half sober. Um, Half sober. Uh, and the not sober part didn't help. I. This is one of those projects that I know producers saw dollar signs because they happened to have a property that made $3.5 billion over the decades. And so they saw that and they saw that there are like three or four irritating as fuck but admittedly memorable songs. And that's more than enough to create a $100 million musical, apparently. Now, the fact that that $100 million musical has nothing as far as a script goes and and was misbegotten from the get-go is is an entire... It's one of those movies that you literally watch as a car wreck. Hey, hey, Oh, 
sorry, we're getting we're getting some snoring. You're, you're snoring a little bit loud, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay. Yeah. I'll try and time. I'll try and time my rant and rhythm with. I yeah. I was I was literally slack jawed this entire movie. I literally did not know what to make oh, of it from the second that the cats emerge from the bag. It's a fucking nightmare fuel trip. <laughs> oh, totally. And the thing is, as you as you continue watching it, it's like every single serious moment or. I, and we'll put air quotes around this. Every single serious moment is completely and, un- and utterly undercut by the by the special effects and by the execution. Now, first of all, watching this movie because I I saw a I saw a, a stage version of it on on video once eons ago. Watching it play out just completely amplified every single like stupid and unsuccessful and misbegotten step that is inherent in the source material. It's just a bad, bad musical. And watching it all play out with this horrible CGI, I I think that conceivably somebody could have made an interesting, just pure animated version of this. Mm. I think that that is probably the way way they should have done it. But for some reason... Tom Hooper decided he was going to do this horrific CGI meld of humans and cats, probably because it was like, okay, let's exploit the fact that we have these stars in this movie. Nothing works. And every every moment that tries to strain for real serious like drama, I mean, Jennifer Hudson as Grizabella... Is, she's Grizabella. She yeah. is Grizabella. She's like forty years too young. Yeah. Grizabella. That's just the start of it. But what? she's she's doing. I thought Judy Dench was Grizabella. No, she's no, Deuteronomy. She's Deuteronomy. She's Deuteronomy. Wait, I thought Ian McKellen was oh, Deuteronomy. No, he's, Gus. <laughs> he's Gus the theater cat. By, by the way, Judy Dench just randomly announced that she thinks that do, uh, her Deuteronomy is trans. I'm so There's like confused. no evidence for that in the movie. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. No, me too. Me too. I but but I, as I'm watching Jennifer Hudson sing yep. Memory, which Jesus fucking Christ Almighty, I never ever want to hear one note of that memory. motherfucking song ever. So she's so she's she's like really it's it's really it's a strange exercise in discomfort because she's really giving it her all and yet her face is pasted on this unsettling <laughs> mangy CGI version of a cat and I just I I lost it I like roared in laughter as I was watching it and the most interesting thing was I was in the theater with about six other people and they were very young kids in the back and they were snickering like hell for the first 10 minutes but then i think it's very significant after that after that first 10 minutes of snickering at it there was silence absolute silence like they were witnessing the most horrific car accident that could ever be seen and there were no words or expressions that could summon up any of what they were experiencing. It's, like it's just, it's so, oh my God. It. It's so <laughs> wrong-headed on so many levels. Can I can I say two things? Please. One, uh, if if Toby Hooper had directed this movie, <laughs> I, I, I would have been first in line to see it. Yes. <clears throat> um, two, and this is only because I've had enough wine that I'm starting to not give any fucks. Um, <laughs> that... Uh, that the director's gonna be fine is gonna be given more 
piles of money do movies, but if it was a female director, she'd be fucked. You know what? I think you're right. And that pisses me off. Can I, I say right. something? Touch me. That's kind of a lovely falsetto. I mean, yeah, fuck you, Cody. But the thing with the CGI cats there is like, as weird as they are, they have costumes already designed for the stage. Well, that, that's, I mean, like, because the, the, well, the musical's ridiculous. You. you know what it looks like? This is the, th- uh, sorry to interrupt. With, like, these this is what it looks like. Yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck the name is for this shit that you use, the app that you use to paste a kitty nose and kitty ears on your ass when you're taking selfies. It's called Halloween. This, <laughs> thank you, this is like barely, barely above that in terms of amateurish cheesiness. It's a whole cast of A-list actors with a fucking Halloween app. You know, like, it's like literally that shoddy. And But the thing is that the movie is so ill-conceived and so poorly executed that I can't comprehend any improvement in special effects helping. It's not going to help. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that, what, 10, 15 years ago, PBS did a... Uh, it wasn't a live recording of it, but they they filmed it the musical yeah. on stage, yeah, like Pirates of Penzance style. Yeah, no, they actually had sets. But yeah. it, 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 it was filmed as a theatrical piece, but without an audience. Yeah. Um, and it's watch that in high school. Yeah, exactly. That's the one I saw. It's because I watched out theater there. class, yeah. and I, I've seen it live a handful of times now. Actually, the the seen youth it theater. Twice. Yeah. I think. Well, one of the youth theaters I work with, they did it a couple of years ago as a kind of uh, like Harajuku style because the the director's Japanese, and so she did this like Japanese street fashion. It was it was actually probably the most I've ever liked the musical. Uh, partially because it was a lot of kids and they were cute, but um, it it's a musical that's already within the theater community fairly divisive. Uh, you you either generally l- like cats or you don't. Um, if they had just embraced <coughs> human actors and costumes and not CGI'd it, I don't think it would be anywhere near as bad. Mm, I think it. I yeah. think it was. I think there there is there is an element of we have these shiny new toys and Oof. we're going to use them. And just because you have them doesn't mean that they're oh, going to right, work. Scientists or if, if they Lady in the Tramped it, I would have. I would have been more into it if they Lady in the Tramped it because cats are cute. So if they use real fucking cats, yeah, I'd watch that shit. I still. I maintain that I. It would have been a much more tolerable experience if they'd have done it as a straight animation feature. Yeah, yeah well, see, if animation would have been adorable. I think adorable. I said that in my review. I'm like, if this had yeah. been, a, if this had been an animation, it probably could have worked. It would have been very cute. You right. see, like a dumb. So I think we've officially um, eviscerated cats. So I'm gonna. Uh, mine has actually been said before by by camera earlier, but this was quiet on it. Um, was uh, actually uh, Cody maybe actually said by Cody earlier. Sorry, uh, Dark Phoenix. Was one of the most disappointing things of the year because it's his second attempt at telling the story. And second attempt at failing. Yeah. X Men 3. Look, X Men 3 looks like X Men 2. Uh, and Because <laughs> uh, it says even messier version of it with people who gave zero fucks. You can uh, tell, like, they just gave up because they realized. Like, in their recuts and this and that. And, like, I said earlier about Ian McShane not giving a shit during Hellboy. In this case, you have Michael Fassbender and 
Jennifer Lawrence, who checked out like two movies ago, and a whole bunch of other people who don't give any fucks whatsoever. I, I have to be honest, I checked out after the first three X-Men movies, and the it's thing that made me check out was the third one. <laughs> yeah. The well, Last Stand, which was obviously not the It got better, and then it got worse again. But they're all, like, there's no internal continuity to the series, no real, like, look, like, and show it, like, Well, no they keep continuity. fucking up, and they keep, like, trying to redo it. Trying yeah. to fix it. And then know? maybe just let it go from here. But, like, it's like, where there's literally, like, people grandstanding in the same speeches they've been given for 20 years, uh, before they try and cross a street in Manhattan, uh, to go fight the Jean Grey and the whatever the fuck bad guys that were originally supposed to be scrolls and not once they realized they didn't actually have the rights to scrolls because Marvel's got those back. Uh, apparently they did reshoot the entire last half of the movie because it was too much like Captain Marvel and it shows. Because oh, uh, the tone of the back half is different than the tone of the first half. Like It films like it's middle with somebody else. Um, but it make it, no one gives any shits anymore and it just forces way through molasses with this mess of a movie, and they seem to have forgotten the fact that even as much as we want to forget X-Men Apocalypse, because that was a piece of shit too, uh, that Jean had those powers last time. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I guess she did. Um, and then the the best part of that, of course, is um, Jean Grey yeeting uh, uh, What's-Your-Face uh, Mystique into a fence. Uh, and which just was just like, death. Just uh, let Jennifer Lawrence go. Why did she just not want to be in these movies? Why did she just let her not be in it? Because everyone, I feel like, would have been happier. So, so those are our worst movies of, of, of the I year. would just like to thank you all for letting me just get all my rage out. Let's move back to the fun bits, Oof. the good bits, the parts that we love best. And our last though, three, right? Yeah, yes. even though the bad movies are amazing, because I love them too. Hmm. Um, I appreciate you all. But let's go back and talk about some fun stuff again. So, uh, <laughs> Cody, what's your number three? Oh, that would be Child's Play. No, that's oh, a surprise. Oh, a welcome surprise. It's I a fantastic film. really liked it. I uh-huh. thought that it was honestly better than any of the other Child's Plays. Wow. I, See, I haven't seen it. So. I thought it was... I'm intrigued. Oh, because you weren't with us. Oh, yeah. Before. That's right. right. Yeah. I forgot I that. It was one of those ones where it really did a good job of kind of resetting the story for a modern audience. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I loved the performance by Audrey, Audrey Plaza. Mark yeah. Hamill does Mark Hamill. Wonderful Mark job. Hamill does so sympathetic. Yes! You know, and, and that's something that's hard to do, is like, you know, Chucky, they they give him a different backstory this time. A yeah. very different backstory. But he's actually very sympathetic, and you feel bad for this doll. And you you see, really do. And you really see why he does everything that he does. It matches up in movie. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not just, I'm an evil doll. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I... See, this is what you said to evil. Well, <laughs> I think it was really smart, too, because... Uh, if you're going to reimagine a classic film, you need to do something different with it. And there's some bizarre comedy in there too. There really is. Like yeah. when you know, there's a scene where the head's wrapped up, mm-hmm. and then I love the scene at the towards the end. Uh, spoilers, <laughs> where the Chucky also stab that guy in the in the mm-hmm. mascot costume to death, mm-hmm. and the blood just gets all over <laughs> that little girl. Everything's going. And going, but it's also like mean in many ways, which is wonderful as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think anyone who uh, there's so many people who like just saying "fuck child play" for existing without actually watching the movie. I think anyone who actually watched it with open with an open mind. Dug it, it in my opinion goes in the pantheon of horror remakes with Dawn of the Dead. 
2004, and um, the, the, thing, the, thing. the thing, in the thing, and the uh, yeah, and the blobs. That's great too. Blobs. Oh, yeah, they end up in my uh, number 35 in the shape of the haunt, and like all uh, <laughs> five out of fives. You know, so, oh, so it worked out. You flexing on me, Bob? No, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I agree. It, it, no, it, it ended up in my my, my good. Bob's system is uh, it's in his top 40. Intense. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. in my education the weekly top 40 of <laughs> child's play. I lost the idea. All right, Kim. Kim. Oh, uh, my number three is Little Women. Ah. Uh, I saw it. Wake me up when it is big women. I just threw a Tootsie Roll at Cody. Um, But unfortunately, it was wrapped. It's true. Which Uh, lacks the impact of an unwrapped Tootsie Roll being hurled at it. I saw it yesterday. Uh, And and I was a little... Did you my shirt? It went out front. No, it went down. It went down. I, I was going for your head and I kind of missed. Mm-hmm. Well, my boobs are bigger than my head. So. <laughs> <laughs> what they are. Oh, I think that was the packing slip from your shirt. You didn't see that. Uh, all right. You, anyway, we're talking about female shit. Okay, so um, I saw it yesterday in the theaters. I was a little skeptical because I was a big fan of the 94 version. Which, which is terrific. Which is terrific. Um, that being said, I think, uh, at least in terms of nailing some of the characters, th- this got it. It not only got it, but... But it updated them very well. Like, it updated them really well. And, and like I'll say, like Florence Pugh as, as Amy is really remarkable because Amy has is always kind of a problematic character. She's not super likable when she's a kid. This is not a spoiler because the novel is like 150 years old. So if you're like, why did you spoil this for me? Fuck you. Go have read a book. Um, <laughs> read a motherfucking book. <laughs> or at least see one of the three earlier adaptations. Seriously. Uh, the, the marriage between Amy and Laurie this made the most sense of any version I've ever seen. Um, and and Joe is... Uh, it, it, she just makes sense. All of the, all of the girls are, are really fleshed out very nicely. The way the story is told, starting further into the story and, and going backwards is really nicely done. The actress that plays Beth, I actually thought too, was was really fantastic. Um, it's just good. It is just a really well directed, fantastically acted film. It's it's really nice to see. There, like there, there's a whole uh, conversation that um, Marmy, who's played by Laura Dern, who's Yay. fantastic, she has with Joe where. Joe was kind of complimenting her on her patience, and she basically says, I'm always angry. Um, I'm just, I have to work on it. I've had longer to work on it, and I'm always angry, which I think is going to resonate with a lot of it's women. Secret, yeah. uh, no, it, but it's, it's, but it, it's this thing. It, it's a woman thing. Mm-hmm. And her, where she is in life, her marriage, her husband, her children. And you see it later when the husband comes back. There's some comments she makes where you're like, oh, shit, girl, you're pissed at your husband. But you're also, it's not like you're going to get divorced. You are in this. And there's things, there's things that you're upset about. And this is the only way you can show it. Uh, 
there's some speeches about the nature of marriage. Like, there's this great one that Amy has that's all where, where Lori's kind of braiding her a little about you'd marry this guy you don't love. And she's like, listen, dude, even if I had money when I got married, it would go to my husband. I don't have money. So mm. uh, my children would belong to my husband. So, yeah, you're goddamn right. I'm going to marry for money because I've it's literally the only thing I would have going for me. And it was such a great way of just being very practical and also being like, yeah, this is what it meant to be a woman in this time. It's really good. Um, go see it. Yeah, I, mean, I hope we see it uh, Thursday. I think yeah, it's and it, it's honestly, it's worth seeing in theaters. Like, it, it's not a big action movie. You're not going to get great action sequences, but it's... Little women. It's guns. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo's happy. <laughs> they, they just line up like the Avengers at the end. It's very pretty. It's pretty. The filmmaking is nice. The co the costume design, the art design is stunning. See, I'm a sap for a good like historic period drama. Oh so. god, it's and it's it's updated in all the right ways. Yeah, like uh, when we had our fall preview, and I shit on it. I, I feel bad for taking because uh, uh, I watched the trailer. And I'm like, yes, never mind. This movie looks great. No, what the fuck is it talking about? I uh, I, I was this week. I was a little skeptical. Um, I, I think it is absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. My turn. Yeah, my number three has already been discussed extensively. It is Parasite. Mm. Um, I think a lot has been said at this table already. The only thing I will add is I cannot think of a movie in recent memory that has so adroitly navigated a very serious tonal shift in its last mm. third mm -hmm. than this movie, and it works. And as you kind of addressed before, Bob. There is such a fluidity to how it reaches that point. I, there's like a real gift navigating that kind of tonal shift. And the movie does it. And the movie does it without you losing the emotional footing involved that, 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 that the movie is built regarding the characters that are in it. It's mm -hmm. just, I just think it's brilliant. I mean, it, 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 was one of those, it was one of those films that just literally, I'm so glad I went into it cold. Because it just, it broadsided me in the best possible way. And then afterwards, as I was analyzing how it broadsided me, I was like, holy what? shit. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm good. It's, it, it did everything that it intended to do, and it did it brilliantly. I just, I, yeah, I'm just absolutely, one of the, one of the most transcendental movie experiences I had all year was watching Parasite in a the theater. And uh, so I'm going to move on uh, with uh, my number three, which is Jojo Rabbit. Take mm. ah. I, I almost saw it today, and then I made cookies instead. Huh, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm, I'm uh, personally thank you glad for taking one for the team. I've, I've eaten more than I can count of these cookies. <laughs> uh, Good recipe. Jojo Rabbit also, you know, is another movie that definitely gets into satire of, of power versus non-power. Um, this case, not directly class-related, uh, but can very much fall into that as well, uh, since you have the Nazis in power and then uh, you know the the Jewish girl hidden in the house. Um, but it's uh, who played by, I think her name was Thomason McKenzie, uh, who was in Leave No Trace last year from the um, same director as uh, Winter's Bone. I saw it sif and it's fantastic. She also has a small pit in one of my uh, honorable mentions, uh, Changeover. Um, yeah, honor we're almost to honorable mentions. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but the uh, but Jojo Rabbit is you know definitely funny, moving through a very dark subject mm -hmm. uh, with with really solid grace that isn't. It is very funny, but it also knows when not to be funny. 
Uh, it knows when to let the really dramatic parts hit and the, the heavy bits land without immediately falling through with a joke, whether dumb or not. Cause the humor's really smart. There's a lot of layers going on. There's a lot of understanding um, in this, you know, where you have a kid who's part of the, the Hitler Youth who has to then look at his beliefs when he finds out more information. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is the role of her career as his mom. Um, have anyone seen this out of the forest? I haven't okay. seen it yet, okay. yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, who, uh, who then has to also navigate that as she sees her son going in a place that's a nasty place to go and how she, in the way that Elizabeth thinks, didn't in, in um, Rightburn, of, of how you focus someone and see that your kid is not being your kid anymore, but how to get that child back when he's still a child. Because but in Nazi Germany, it's kind of hard to keep being a child. Uh, but, there's a lot of, but there's a lot of, like, sweetness to it in this dark humor. Sam Rockwell fucking kills it. Uh, and Rebel Wilson is really funny. And I'm the first one time oh, that's ever right. she's in there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I forget she's uh, in there. And Sam Rockwell and uh, Theon Greyjoy, uh, Alfie Alden, Allen, um, are both great uh, as, as disgraced officers and... I don't want to spoil any particular jokes or, or moments, but it, I highly recommend you see it. And of course, uh, what TD is as Hitler is really funny, um, and a rep, he's definitely a rep, he's more of a representation of uh, what a kid thinks of Hitler at that point, rather than a real version, uh, which is wonderful because it's the way he's performed is so over the top and you know, like almost producer style. And uh, my final note on there is like. I've, one of my favorite things I read this year was an interview with uh, with TD when he's talking about um, preparing for playing Hitler, and someone asked like, "How much research is it?" Zero, none. I'm not going to give him any more time than I need. Mm. And plus, we all know he's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate um, that. And, you know, and as and, and as a person of color who's half Jewish, he definitely loved playing Hitler for that because it pissed him off. That's true. <laughs> I one thing that I I will say is that anyone who's seen Hunt for the Wilder People Fucking knows yes. that what knows that Taika Waititi can navigate comedy and uh, heartfelt drama very. Honestly, I saw the movie three times in theaters. I loved it that mm. much. Yeah, so I'm I yeah, this is on my on my must see list for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Waititi's uh, done nothing but perfection across the board. Uh, maybe Evil of Shark was a little bit iffy, but uh. Uh, what we do in the shadows is my top, mm. one of my top yeah. five movies. Uh, yeah, and the this, TV series, the, oh my god, really up there. And then mm-hmm. he directed the last episode of Mandalorian, so he's he's in for Thor. He's really you know, on a roll, and it's great to see him really explode because he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number you were, like, two, scraping. I really like these. I mean, that's okay. Yeah, I do too. 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 That's why. I... Number two. Yeah, no, what happened when they're in front of me? Uh, Rocket Man. <laughs> Rocket Man. I, I still haven't seen that. Really, really enjoyed it. Because, I, I mean, full disclosure, I fucking love Elton John. Mm. I think Elton John's, like, greatest hits are one of my absolute favorite albums. Okay. Love Elton John. It was great to see that the soundtrack was incredible. Taron Egerton does an incredible job as him. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. Um... Yeah, it's a really it's it, it it's everything Bohemian Rhapsody. Was. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Sorry. See, I was going to ask about the comparison. It there. leans yeah. into the fact where Elton John's like, no, I was a complete fucking dick. Yeah, I want you to show that, and I want you to sh- and, and it's a it's like it doesn't a cycle. follow the formula. It doesn't yeah. go well, and it kind of it, it puts the music numbers in a really interesting mm-hmm. way too, because it kind of puts it into uh, more of a. I mean, I, I hate to say more musical theater, but but more 
magical, right? Yeah, it's magical realism. Yeah. yeah. And they move them around on in order of them coming out, whatever fits the scene. Right. Other than, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, which... Was trying I to hated Bohemian it. Rhapsody. Fuck that movie. Yeah, Rocket was, Man was the anti-version. Yeah. It was so much better in every way. Yeah. I mean, I really don't have much to say about it other than that it was really fucking good. If you love Elton John or a good acid trip fucking <laughs> musical, go see it. Well, oh, I thought like, she just meant a good acid oh, trip, because I do I, love a good acid trip. And the thing about Taron Edgerton as, as, as Elton, he's phenomenal. But what's, we, what's great about it is he's playing an bigger than life character, but also a person who's incredibly shy, incredibly broken. And he plays both those, he plays a very big character in a very personal way. Yes. Uh, and I, I'm much more like Remy Malik, he's still, he's not playing that character in the same way. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, the Jamie Bell is, Bernie Toplin is unsung hero for the movie as well. Mm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Soundtrack. Fucking incredible. Max, he's singing. Yeah. Uh, so my number two has also already been said earlier, but I didn't speak much to it, and that is The Farewell. It's really lovely. It's, Aquafina is very subtle, which is not a word I ever thought I would use to describe <laughs> Aquafina. Uh, it's, it's funny. It's full of heart. And it's a really interesting exploration into not just different generations uh but different cultures and i think as a, as a child like in in the movie her character was born in china but moved to the u.s when she was still a kid and she spent some summers back with her grandmother but she was very much a, a kid who was kind of trapped between two worlds she was american and she was chinese and uh the idea of not um, burdening the person who is dying of their own ultimate demise. Uh, I think at one point, it's pretty early on, her mom even says something to her about um, not being able to like hide her grief from her grandmother at the situation. Uh, it, it's just really, really interesting. It gives a whole other perspective on looking at, I think... Uh, illness. Are we better off, like, are we better off knowing or are we better off not? If there's nothing that can be done, if something is inevitable, if, if illness and your death is inevitable, is it better off to know or is it better off not? Because those around you are now carrying the burden instead of you. Yeah. Um, which is a really interesting perspective and goes very much against, like, she has a conversation with the doctor at one point about it and it's really interesting because here um anyone who's not the patient can't know about your prognosis so it it it, i don't know i i I find that a really fascinating thing culturally that, that there's such a difference between how we should deal with illness um but it's 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 a movie full of heart it really is and family and um, I, I felt things, which you all know I hate doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had feelings, so fuck. But, uh, yeah, it, if you've not seen it, it's, I actually don't know if it's streaming anywhere yet. But it's A24, so if I pop on Amazon. Maybe. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's really, really lovely. It's not a movie that's, like, full of, of, 
uh, big dramatic speeches or or big dramatic moments. It's it's very simple. I don't know if I said this in the first half, but I love the fact that most of the scenes are around dinner tables. Yeah, and eating. And, and um, eating. The director said that one of the producers said, "Why don't you have more scenes outside, more stuff in the you know in a park or in this like." It's like, well, when you're with your family, what do you do? You sit around the yeah. coffee table and you eat. <laughs> you, you sit in the kitchen table and you kitchen eat. There's a point, too, where Nene is, like, making her eat. It's, like, physically feeding her, like, the dumplings. Because she's like, you love these. Eat them. Eat them. Eat them. And it's such a grandmother thing to do. It's it's just such a lovely film. Uh and and is 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 heart. There's just there's just love and there's heart. Um, and I had feelings, so you know. Also, fuck it. Tony, what's your Tony. number? Tony. Speaking of feelings, Ugh, um, feelings. I, hate I them. the number two movie that I have on my list stirred a lot of those up. This is pretty last minute. I saw it uh, day before yesterday, and um, I was absolutely. And Bob talked about not wanting to see this movie because he thought it would be emotionally devastating, and it kind of is, but it's also, I think, absolutely, absolutely excellent. It is Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story. <laughs> Have you seen it? No, I lived it. I don't want to. I see. This is a thing. I, you know, full disclosure. <laughs> I, I did as well. I only watched. I think mine is too fresh still. But yeah, I, I watched the scene where Adam Driver sings "Being Alive," which I yeah. will say. But after just watching that, I was like, I'm not ready to watch the rest of this movie. I, it is. I will watch I, it eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I will, not, I'm not actually yeah. ready for it yet. I will, I will tell you that it is definitely an emotional uh, ringer. There are a couple of things that I want to get out of the way right now, because these are things that probably people would carp about in the first place about the movie. One is, it is basically about a couple of rich white people. Oh yeah. So it is. Yeah, it is coming. Pretty, yeah, I know. Pretty witch right It is. It's very Noah Noah Baumbach. Absolutely. Which white people? Which white people? Rich white people. Which white people? No, I keep saying. Oh, you're, you're, we're, we're a bottle and a half in each. So which white right people? A lot of them. Which white people? Which white people? I. So there's that, uh, and also there are some points where it it feels like it telegraphs its emotional beats a little bit. With, without quite as much subtlety as you would like. Mm. That said, the vast majority of it absolutely, positively works brilliantly. Um, it has two striking performances at the center. Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver are both amazing in this film. Um, you know, talking about films that have very cathartic, big, dramatic moments, there is a moment where uh, Driver's character has a complete and total breakdown that is like literally. You can you can viscerally feel every ounce of emotion that's going through him. Uh, the movie does a very good job of laying out what has caused the relationship to disintegrate and what wrongs and missteps each person has done. And and by the end, you understand where these two people have come from. You understand why the marriage is disintegrated and. Um, it, it's just I, the emotional beats were so powerful and so strong for me. I literally, again, you know, I, my heart is not quite as cold and dead as yours. <laughs> I you teared are. up. I teared up more than once at this movie. It just, it was incredibly cathartic emotionally. I, uh, again, full disclosure, I've been through a variation of this myself. Uh, I'm on much better terms uh, with my ex than the people in this film, for the <laughs> or, most part. Or, or the people at this yeah. table. <laughs> um, but 
there are still a, there's there's so much emotional truth in this movie. There's a lot of universality in the emotional truth of this movie. It's beautifully acted. It's got some great supporting performances. Um, Laura Dern again, mm-hmm. another MVP. She's Laura great in it. And of all people, Julie Haggerty oh. from Airplane plays. Uh, yeah, she yeah. plays. Uh, she plays uh, Scarlett Johansson's mother in mm-hmm. the movie, and she's fucking excellent. Um, Ray Liotta has a great oh, well. memory. Ray Liotta. In it. It's Aww. so. It's just like it's 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 everything that you want. A an A-list casted drama to be. It, it, it hits just the right emotional beats, and yet it still feels cinematic. It's beautifully shot. It is a beautifully shot film. Um, a lot of wonderful emotional semaphore for the kind of separation that's involved with these characters. Um, I was really, really, and I, it, again, it may be just the state of mind I was in, but wow. It mm. just it, it hit me with the feels, and without giving anything away, the ending feels right. The ending feels as like way more honest than you expect the ending to be in a movie like this. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. I just was absolutely captivated by it. I think it's a terrific, terrific drama. And um, it, it pulls the emotional strings masterfully. I, I loved it. I just thought it was a terrific, terrific movie. And uh, my number two we have talked a lot about was Parasite. Mm. Yay. Uh, big surprise. Uh, something we've, we've uh, talked uh, we've pretty much talked to death so there's nothing really to add uh, besides go see this movie because it's it's brilliant. I came in knowing absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. That's the way, and that's the way to see it. I will photos. say uh, I'm so not, I, I didn't, I deliberately movie. didn't even watch the trailer. Yeah, and I didn't see the trailer. And yeah, me neither. Like, I love trailers. Bob knows this. I love trailers. <laughs> Kim loves, when I'm at the gym sometimes, jogging, because thank you, Brittany loves a marathon. No, Brittany, Brittany <laughs> runs a marathon. Um, well, she probably loves a marathon. Too. She, right, we'll see. Uh, but I'll watch movie trailers because I like trailers that much and they distract me for three minute increments while I'm trying to jog because fuck you jogging, but I'm doing it because I want to run a marathon. Um, but I didn't watch one for Parasite because I wanted to know as little as possible. Anyway. Yeah, I'm watching it unfold and everything is so well written, so mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. The sound design. So oh, there's oh, one sound thing I want to say design. is like I was just blown away by the sound design in that movie because it was just perfect. Uh-huh. And that uh, that and Doctor Sleep are two great sound yeah. designs. Oh, Doctor Sleep. Movies really that good. you wouldn't expect to. Yeah, you know, of course you expect it for big action things mm-hmm. like Astro or Ford versus Ferrari. Ferrari. Uh, but you're gonna. But for. Um, but for something like this, it was really surprised that these two like mid-range, you know, drama almost horror on uh, against Parasite, which kind of bounces in a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, not enough to call it a horror film, but enough to talk about in horror. I, I think it. I think it, it. It's genre enough to have it be part of our circle. Yeah, yeah. kind of put it there with a little like asterisk. On it. Yeah. yeah. Where it's not fully. Don't expect. No, 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 no. Film, it's, it's but there's horror. There's horror. I mean, and, and the horror of being human. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna see. Yeah, I'm gonna leave farewell. Uh, not farewell. I'm gonna leave parasite at that. Uh, Cody, what's uh, well, your? Well, we're at number one. I see we're, next. So, but, so we're in our honorable honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, first. we can mention a couple titles to start out again. Too much conversation no. or context. Mostly just uh, to kind of throwing stuff out there. Maybe I was thinking know. honestly, I've got two. Okay. Right. Endgame, obviously. Mm-hmm. Countdown. 
thought it was Countdown. fun. Yeah. Countdown was a lot of it, fun. It was, I, yeah, I really enjoyed absolutely. that. It was a good yeah. time. I, I think people was, were ready to shit on. That's why I got that crap. Yeah. yeah I, I, even the, the theater I saw it in, people I, really had a good time. I, I just thought, it, you know, it was, it was fun. And honestly, horror doesn't, like, not all horror has to be art horror. It can mm. just be a good time. Yep. Yeah, it's like why well, I love Happy Death Day. Yeah. Can you believe we saw The Prodigy this year? Yeah, I, that was Was that the February. Shit? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, same, that's same not... Same Happy Death Day to you. That's not on my honorable mentions. Just gonna put that out there It's now. just a movie. Um, right. I have a couple honorable mentions. Yeah, I've said, said mine. So. Uh, Horror Noir. Yeah. Uh, the documentary, it's running on Shudder. It's fucking good. It's real yeah, that's good. That's my number 20 on my list total, yeah. I, well, and I love a good horror documentary, and this is yes. a good horror documentary, so it's on Shudder. Watch it. Uh, Captain Marvel, also yeah. Avengers Endgame, I, the, the Marvel, and I give a shout out to Spider-Man because I love me as Spider-Man, but yeah, Captain Marvel, yay, lady superheroes. Um, Hagazusa. Oh, yes. Ah, Holy acid trip fuck. Yeah, honestly. that's another pull quote. Uh, another pull quote. Holy acid trip fuck. And, and one of the reasons why I struggled with whether or not to put it even on my list was uh, when it came out. Yeah, I but saw it SIF last year. But right, but it got a wide this year, yeah. it, it got a wide release this year. Um, The visuals, my fucking God, the visuals are stunning. What the fuck is going on with that movie? I'm still not entirely sure. I felt like I was on acid, and I've never been on acid, and like now I kind of want to be. <laughs> but it, it's it's really interesting. It is a slow burn. It's weird. Uh, it's got some freaky parts. It's got some trigger warnings, but it is a really interesting film. Um, Sweetheart. Oh, that just started uh, streaming recently. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's another. It's 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 not a lo- it's not a high budget one, but it's just it's a good movie. Your it's a really good, really episode. good movie. And I, I watched it recently, and was genuinely surprised and impressed. And again, it's another one where a lot of it's carried on the performance of the lead woman. She is just fantastic, and the first chunk of the movie, it's just her. It is just her doing her thing, and she is so, so good. And on that note, let's also talk about Nightingale. Uh. Um, that was one, was on my list, was off my list, was on my list, was off my list. Um, it is hard to watch in, in I think, again, for, for, for the ladies, there is some sexual violence. Uh, it is... That being said, it is not glamorized. It is filmed in a way in which you... Uh, this is a weird thing to say, the, uh, how you would want that kind of thing to be filmed. I think it's it's done the best way it can be. It's also historically accurate. Sadly. Um, but it is a movie that I started, I couldn't stop. I started and I was captivated... Cap- <laughs> sorry, captivated by... And um, the ending is, it's, it doesn't feel sad the way it, you, you kind of think it should. It's, it's weirdly hopeful. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Fleabag because I've just like binged it and it's awesome. 
Also, the Peloton ad, because... Oh. <laughs> best horror film of the year. It was the best horror film of the year, but also, I'd never actually heard of these bikes until yeah, these I, commercials. <laughs> and now I'm kind of obsessed with the idea of them. So thank you for that. All right. That's okay. uh, uh, a shit uh, ton of shout-outs. Yeah. Um, again, continuing with the theme of um, directors who made really great horror movies as a first shot... I, and my honorable mentions, would also heartily agree with The Nightingale, mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It, which is directed by Jennifer Kent, who directed oh, The Babadook, which yes. is, to this day, one of my very favorite horror movies of the decade. Um, and I, I'll just echo what Kim said. It is a unremittingly harsh watch. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely devastatingly brutal. It is, the, it, it is an absolute primal rage scream against the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and on that standpoint it works so effectively um i'm blanking on the actress's name the lead in this film Mm. she is brilliant she's she is excellent she is stunning Um, the movie is the movie is beautifully rendered in terms of period detail um it gives a an insight into a part of the world and a part of that country's history tasmania Mm -hmm. that most of us are not aware of Mm -hmm. um it is outstandingly acted it is wonderfully shot it is wrenchingly emotional the reason it didn't make my not top 10 is in addition to the fact that it is very brutal and hard to watch i for me at least the ending kind of fell off the rails a little i felt Mm -hmm. like it kind of lost its way um uh similarly uh speaking of honorable mentions this is like but for a few better movies that i saw this would have been the year of sophomore efforts by people who made great horror movies on their first try. And the other one that I wanted to mention was Under the Silver Lake, which oh, yes. was directed mm-hmm. by David Robert Mitchell, who directed It Follows. Um, it is a shaggy dog neo-noir starring Andrew Garfield, who is terrific, mm. uh, as kind of a slacker stoner who is in pursuit of uh, the um, whereabouts and identity and... Uh, and uh, status in terms of living or dead of a woman that he meets in his apartment complex. Um, it is quirky as fuck. Uh, it goes down tangents that make absolutely no fucking sense. Um, but I was fascinated throughout. It feels very much spiritually like a lot of the great kind of neo-noirs of the 70s. I thought of um, Robert Altman's The Long yes, Goodbye that's on acid. Yep, that's so I really <laughs> like that. I that too. Um, also, uh, Ready or Not, which we mentioned already yes. at this table, which I thought was terrific. And uh, last but not least, I did want to mention the only reason this did not make my top 10 is because I don't think it's gotten distribution yet, but at SIF, I saw um, Lynch, a documentary, which is a documentary about Marshawn Lynch uh, of the Seahawks. Who hmm. uh, and it is literally all told through TV clips and interview clips with Lynch and involving hmm. Lynch, and it tells in its own very elegant and seemingly effortless way. It 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 follows the arc of this man from uh, promising athlete to world superstar to almost uh, like almost like a like a court jester pointing out the inherent idiocy of racism and, hmm. and and his his function as a provocateur forcing people to look at their racism and it's just it's i 
I really hope it gets real distribution. It's a Lynch, a documentary. I just was absolutely captivated by it. Um, had it had a legit distribution in 2019, it probably would have even beat, it, beat out Kefaru on my list. Wow. I just thought it was terrific. Those are my honorable mentions. All right. So I'm going to mention uh, Terrified, just technically maybe from a year or two ago. It was now on Shudder. It's probably one of the scariest things I've seen in mm. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, In uh, Happier Things... Uh, Yesterday and a Heavy Trip are both uh, very sweet and funny music comedies. Uh, yesterday, bigger you know bigger hit than, than Heavy Trip was, but uh, so Heavy Trip is on um, Amazon if you want to check that out. Uh, two uh, fantastic films of uh, horror and madness and isolation is The Wind, Demons on the Prairie, and oh, We Have yeah. Always Lived in the Castle. Oh. oh, I forgot Damn. that that was this year. I That's loved right. We've yeah. Always Lived in the Castle. It was been like two years it finally came out. I think that I, should have been on my honorable mentions. Yeah, no, that's not the one that was close enough. in my mind <laughs> to came out last year. No, that was this year. That was uh, really, really nicely done. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I second that. And then um, let's say Monster Party is a blast. Mm, uh, I still well need to watch with, that. with it already or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Togo is from Disney Plus and the best thing they've yeah, done just outside came of Mandalorian. Out. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't like dogs and that's uh, a fantastic <laughs> film. Um, I don't like, that's, that should be their pull quote. <laughs> I don't like dogs but it's and, a fantastic uh, Speaking of Disney film. Plus, The Mandalorian is probably my actual, my number one favorite thing of this year that's oh, not. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I've only seen the first four episodes and um, I'm like. You were like one uh, of two people when yesterday when I was making my plea about what I should watch that suggested The Mandalorian. If I include a TV, it'd be my number one straight up. Um, also, great TV is Chernobyl and mm-hmm. What We Do in the Shadows. Oh my god, uh, that's brilliant. Movie in the movies, one of my it top, is. Top movies. It's better. Than, it is so fucking funny. And Chernobyl was just a gorgeous and fucked up and the scariest thing probably this year. Um, so, that's all my honorable mentions. Uh, just quickly. And Tires Aren't Afraid. Did you see that? Um, so number one, we finally reached the end, like six hours later. <laughs> so, uh, what's your number one? All right, what's your number one, Cody? All right. Knife plus hurt. Knife plus hurt. Yeah. Nice. Right on. I really thought it was a great way of bringing the giallo genre mm-hmm. into the 21st century. Tony, honestly, pretty much you summed up my thoughts in a much more succinct and elegant way, but I thought it was very well shot. The soundtrack's incredible. Um, the killer design is great. It's a good fucked up giallo, and especially when they get into the backstory on the killer and why he's doing it. Huh. Um, it's great. I love the fact that they they have that LGBTQ. Uh-huh. Um, and it doesn't feel forced. No, it doesn't. It's it, just it organically organic. part of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it doesn't feel like, hey, we did a good game for gay people. It's like, no, no, this feels a genuine good film. Uh-huh. Absolutely my favorite movie of the year, by far. Damn. I, I great pick. I can I really consider Rocket Man just because I really did enjoy the soundtrack, but when I think of how much I enjoyed something and how much it really brought back a genre that's fallen the fuck off since the nineteen seventies. Night plus start. Cool. Uh, I feel like one. I feel like my number one's not going to be a surprise to a lot of people who have had a conversation with me. Uh, Midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, looking through this list of like. She hasn't mentioned Midsummer. No, I, 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 I again, I, I, I. So this is this was my trajectory for Midsummer. Um, I have a tradition to see a movie on July fourth, and I went and saw Midsummer because it had just come out, and then that Sunday, I yeah, believe, is when we went and saw it at Arc Lodge, yeah. and then I went and saw the director's cut. So I saw this movie in theaters three times. 
Uh, I, I was I was another one who was really reluctant going in. Hereditary, I thought was gorgeously acted and and beautiful to look at, and I still don't know if I liked it. Uh, it was I a, could never watch it again. Honestly. Yeah, it was a really rough movie to watch, yeah. and I had concerns going into Midsummer initially that I was going to feel similarly, and um, without. Spoiling the ending, uh, it's cathartic. I found it to be full of joy. I leave the theater every time with a smile on my face. I feel lighter. Um, The scene with all of the women crying with her... um, that has some serious oh, yeah. symbolic resonance. That is Absolutely. like, yeah. It, well, and, and, and I, I, I think I've said this in our City of Geek chat. Um, I, in general, am fairly hard on male directors and their portrayal of women. There are very few male directors who I feel like understand women the way women understand women. And he is one of the few who I think has portrayed women accurately and in a way that feels real and feels organic and feels right. Uh, The sensitivity and the, I mean, this is really, it's a horror film, but it's a, it's a movie about the end of a relationship and the end of a, a, a bad relationship and a relationship where there's gaslighting and there's, I mean, it, it's not abusive, but it's not a good relationship. It's not healthy. Yes, and that's and that's one of the things that really, again, that's one of the things that really works about that movie. Yes. It's it's a lot easier, I think, when, when again, when something is black and white. Um, her, her boyfriend is, he's a dick, but he, he's not evil. Yeah. He just, he's just an asshole. Like many of us have had <laughs> asshole boyfriends before. I had an asshole ex-husband. Uh, but I, and I think again, that's maybe why it resonated so much to me, having having been in a relationship where I'm like, oh shit, uh, this this speaks to me. It, it 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 really more than any movie I saw this year, uh, felt like my truth. And I think it's not only going to be again, it's my number one for the year, but uh, this is going to be one of my number one movies ever. So it's terrific. I can't wait to see it again myself. I want to see the director. I I have it on Blu-ray. I don't have the director's cut with Sony now. The director and and I will for the special feature. Yeah, I I bought it. I'll give a I'll give a shout out to the director's cut. Uh, I am very glad I saw it. Um, Do any of these scenes make it a different movie? No. Do they add to things? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Right to uh, Tony, what is your number one movie of I, 2019? I, as of so far, so obviously we'll see more stuff. Yeah, I <laughs> again, you know, the gauge that we're generally using when we're talking about films that we've loved for the year is how much you enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie that is my number one, I enjoyed more purely, more wholeheartedly than anything that I saw for the year. I thought it was funny. I thought it was inspiring. I thought it was... Uh, richly resonant of its time um, and I thought it captured the joy of creation of of making art better than anything I saw all year and that was Dolomite is my name I loved 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 this movie 
Um, uh, it First of all, it captures the period of the 70s brilliantly. Second of all, it's got Eddie Murphy at his unaffected best uh, in the central starring role. And it does a wonderful job of laying out how Rudy Ray Moore, this doughy, mid-30s, unspectacular guy, created a persona built partially from slave era folk tales that he got from homeless guys mm. um, and, it, and there's a wonderful montage where you see him literally creating the Dolomite personnel, persona because he's talking to these older homeless guys who basically knew these stories back and forth because their parents or grandparents were slaves and so it's this wonderful celebration of, of black culture uh, it's also it also captures the sheer joy of creating better than uh, any movie that I saw this year easily and pr- I could probably go back a couple of years um, because it it portrays the entire creation of the first Dolomite movie from the ground up and how everyone who was doing the movie didn't know what the fuck they were doing and yet against all odds they made it happen anyway. Um, it is beautifully acted from stem to stern. Murphy is great. Wesley Snipes needs an Oscar nod for this movie. Um, he plays Derville Martin, the director of the film. He's like this charismatic, wonderfully colorful, drunken character. It's a, it's such a great turn from Wesley Snipes. It's just so good to see him back on the screen doing something good. Um, the movie's directed by Craig Brewer, uh, who did Hustle and Flow. And, um, and it's got... It's got this great, wonderful rhythm. There's something almost punk rock and hip-hop to the way that Rudy Ray Moore created the Dolomite character. And the movie captures that beautifully in just a couple minutes' time. Um, And most importantly, most crucially, it telegraphs the sheer joy of filmmaking and of creating from the ground up. And... I think one of the key one of the key factors to this is, in addition to being kind of a triumph for Craig Brewer, I think it's also a triumph for the two screenwriters, whose names I am blanking on, but they were the screenwriters uh, who wrote Ed Wood. Yeah, and uh, so this movie—that's all they've done. Is yeah, like, you know, and this yeah, you know, Ed Wood, The People versus Larry Flint, um, Larry Karaszewski is one of them. I forget the other gentleman's name. Um, this is another. You know, this is this is like a recurring theme in the films that they're writing. Um, a lot of the time it's just these fact-based stories. And, I mean, Ed Wood is like the other, is like one of the other great movies about the sheer joy of creating art with a bunch of other people. The whole let's put on a show thing. This movie, I think, does it even better. And it's got so many great, colorful, supporting performances. Um, Cody Smith McPhee uh, is is terrific in it. He's playing Nicholas von Sternberger, who's like the son or grandson of uh, of uh, oh god, I'm forgetting uh, Sternberg, the director from the 20s of all things. Um, he's great in it. They're just and it's also just an exhilarating glimpse at the 70s. It's just the the, the period details are right, the spirit is right, this strange sense of innocence is right, and the way that this guy united. Um, a black audience uh, and gave them something to rally around is just really super exhilarating inspiring I mean this this movie just I I left this movie feeling inspired and on top of the world I just think it's it's terrific it's one of the best movies about movie making that I've seen in the last few years 
Nice. All right, we come down our final number one. All right, Bob, bring it, bring end. it home. Uh, Let's hear it from no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Wait for Cody to. Murder. I actually was surprised that wasn't on Cody's worst of. Honestly, after Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, three metal is not my number one. Uh, the uh, my number one actually was mentioned earlier. It was a uh, Tony mentioned the Lighthouse from Robert mm. Eggers. Ah, um, a wonderful exercise in uh, another but isolationism isolation like like the wind uh but of insanity uh and this non-stop onslaught of everything and how it wears you down both of how you're dealing with someone else's there the foghorn going all the time all the birds the birds oh. the birds and the sound editing the god sound, the sound oh god. on that movie is amazing and i know some people didn't like the fact that it was shot in um uh, Century Square. Yeah, 16 uh, by 9 six, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, but see, I, that was or, something I thought was cool. I thought it was a fantastic choice because it really got the... Oh, it, it captured back. the it feel the of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's extreme claustrophobia. is beautifully shot for a black and white. It was forced in black and white so it made they had that extra level on there. Uh, I don't think it would have worked nearly as well in color. Oh, the the dynamic it. between uh, Defoe and uh, Patterson was, was beautiful. Um this, the weird imagery and we're not sure exactly what's happening and why and how fucked up it gets. Uh, it's absolutely a horror film. Anyone who says it isn't uh, isn't paying attention. Um, <laughs> Anyone who says it isn't has a very narrow view, mostly yeah. like Saw and Friday the 13th of what horror yeah, exactly. is. And it's Willem Dafoe knocking out of the park and he says his speech from later and it's like in the trailer of like, how long have we been out in this rock? Hmm. Yeah. Two weeks, a day, a month. It's so effective. It's so effective. It, it, so it turns and like the way it you know, twists and turns each other back and forth and just how... Oh, it's just beautiful. And it's it, just two it's dudes in a room, basically. Yeah. It's two dudes in a lighthouse. It's it's just insane how well it works. And, yeah, this it, it got me in all the right ways. And I, I absolutely loved it. One of the best times I watched in theaters the person behind me was like, had no idea what the fuck was going on. <laughs> <laughs> they were voicing it. Not, not in an annoying way. More of like, what? Huh? What the shit? <laughs> I, I will say this. I have never in my life yelled something out in a movie. I did during Cats. <laughs> At one point, you can ask, uh, I think Lauren and I talked about it in the video, I didn't think I was this loud, but I loudly yelled, What the fuck? <laughs> that was like an uncertainty when I went, Oh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and it was like, yep, yeah, sorry, I could not help it. It just came out. But uh, yeah, The Lighthouse was a... Uh, I really brutal, wonderfully filmed movie. Yeah, that I cannot wait to watch again and again. Uh, it comes out in DVD on the seventh, and hopefully I can afford to buy it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no but it's uh, but yeah, it's a great follow up to The Witch. If you didn't like The Witch, I think some people don't watch it because you know the they didn't like The Witch. Uh, this is even more. It's, it's a different but movie. Not fucking Philip. Yeah. Well, then the other great movies. This but. is the, the other thing I think is I just. You have to admire the fact that Eggers somehow got a movie this fucking weird, <laughs> this flagrantly strange, and left of center into fucking multiplexes, and people actually watched it. Yeah. With I, using again old timey dialogue like he did in uh, The Witch, but now it's yeah. a little newer. But actually, like there's a, like a, there's a weird like screenwriting type credit for like the journals that he took from. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I will say I I appreciate that part of his approach to filmmaking is it's not just historical accuracy it's you just like, put them out on the rock <laughs> well no but i mean like he fucking commits to oh, the language fuck. down to 
every last little phrase. And uh, part. Yeah, no, but it, it, he, and farting. <laughs> he, he really looks at uh, his references to get the, the dialogue correct are, are remarkable. Yeah, it's, it's jargon heavy dialogue, but yeah. you don't feel taken out when you're watching it. Well, I get, I it think it's what right. adds to oh, totally. creating you're, his. That's what sucks you in. Yeah, it, he 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 brings you a different world. I have no idea what salty shit they just said, but they, they seem to know what it is. Okay. Well, I mean, but the same way in the witch that mm-hmm. that sometimes it was so dense. You, uh, I saw it at the Egyptian. Which was was lovely, but there was times I was like, "What the fuck did they just say?" And so the the second time I watched, it, I watched it with the captions on just oh, to make sure. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but to make sure I didn't. Understandable, yeah. Uh, particularly, uh, anytime you have accents involved, even British accents, which I usually do pretty good with, but but sometimes there's something that just doesn't hit the ear right. Yeah. Um, I I really appreciate his authenticity to dialogue because yeah. not there's directors who are really authentic when it comes to every other detail around them but they don't look at dialogue the way he does yeah and that's remarkable yeah but uh, that kind of wraps us up uh we God, wait, 12 hours later yeah it's at two o'clock in the morning as you're doing this oh, it's several hours shit. um i fair to say that uh, that <laughs> our movie of the year is midsummer uh, is in all four of our places. It ranks pretty high. Is that the only school. one that's in all four? Uh, I think so. Wow. Um, and Parasite. then I did a... Oh, wait. I did oh, a Parasite. Bit, a Parasite was not in his. No. Oh, see, yeah, that's right. Uh, that ended up, so that was our number two. for. I, so I did a ranking system, which uh, if, if it was a ten, you get one point. If it was a one, you get ten points. And for all the movies talked about tonight. Um, so it makes up... <laughs> Midsummer has got 25 points. We get a winner followed by Parasite. And then, because Cody and I both counted so high, was the lighthouse. Even though they're doing so So it's a little bit bit, uh, uneven. Um, And then Knives Plus Heart was our number four uh, release. And then The Farewell after that. So that was our top five of the year, if you do from that schedule. Um, (laughs) I'm just glad at the end of this podcast that they revealed that we're all still alive. (laughs) And if you're continuing to hear that sound in the background, that is... It is Carolyn Carolyn snoring. We all survived. Uh, Hopefully you did too. Hope you listened to us. It's probably just uh, Eric and Jen. (laughs) Yeah, probably. but uh, subscribe to everyone else's podcast. Subscribe to ours. Uh, Share us, like us. Pretty please. Uh, Go to cdp.com. Tell us what your favorites were of this year. And then, of course, read uh, my little write-up of everything I watched this year. Because I've spent too much time working on it. I need somebody to read it. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, So we'll see you guys next time. We'll see uh, when we get the time to get everything together again. Um, If we get the chance, it's probably the spring preview. But we'll winter preview. But we'll see what we feel like. Um, This is Bob. Odie. Oh my god, are we 12? Yes. This is Kim. Uh, last but certainly not least is Tony. And, and Tilly in the background. And uh, Carolyn in the background as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, so thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Remember to say geeky and uh, subscribe. Bye. Bye.